So how's the new recording setup there? It's pretty similar to the old one. I mean, other than I put some bigger lamps on the table. Nice. Yeah. More light. Yeah, it's cool. much it's much brighter now. It doesn't have that kind of like dim yellow look like it used to. Right. I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing, but like like two guys sitting in a dim room drinking laudanum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's my aesthetic. <laughs> I got this real clicky keyboard now. Excellent. So you'll be the Googler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll, I'll do all research. You're like, oh, sorry, I actually haven't looked it up yet. I just have a nervous thing. I tap my keyboard. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. Who plays that character? Oh, hold on. Let me find out. Can you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can hear that. <laughs> Excellent. I feel like I should get some like uh, dice in a cup and just wiggle them around to keep up. <laughs> All right. Are you, Are you recording already? Oh, of course I am. Let's just say that's the beginning. Let's do this. Hello, I'm Benjamin Light. Marco Sparks. Welcome back to Headcanon. Yeah. We took a month off ready? there. I had to move. I was very busy. Do you remember how to do, you remember how to do this? It's fucking boring already, man. You feeling up to podcasting? I, I I haven't podcasted a month. I'm just exploding with hot air right now. So many takes. You, you just got big balls full of podcasting juice. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, yeah. I feel you. I, I can really feel God in his chilies tonight. Let's do it. All right. Obviously, Divergent is going to be the main event here. We'll be talking about that in not too long. A couple other minor topics we wanted to hit beforehand, though. Uh, Super Bowl trailers. Before we talk about Solo, do you have anything to say about Mission Impossible Fallout? Um, it looked okay. I guess it, it looked better to me than um, Rogue. Well, I keep want to say Rogue, Rogue State. Rogue Nation. I feel yeah. like I need to watch that again. Like I watched that and it was like, oh, that was good. And then it just like left my brain entirely. It, it was not Ghost it, Protocol. No, no, it was by no means Ghost Protocol. I watched it not too long ago, like maybe three-ish months ago. And the problem with it is it's like, I feel like it's like two and a half decent movies that kind of got spliced into one. It was a little messy. Yeah. Um, I, I, like I mean, that it's, the, it's clever and all, but. I like that Michelle Monaghan still in like the new Fallout trailer. Like they're just not giving up on that character. They could have written her out so many different ways, and they're just like, nope. Well, like putting her in the trailer implies to me that that she would have more of a role. Yeah, because you know? otherwise it'd be like a big to do. You know, like ooh, she shows up at the end or something. Yeah. Well, but like it was it was cutesy to have her in the end of Ghost Protocol, considering how Mission Impossible Three went. And that could have very well have been like, okay, that's the end of her. But like, to me, this would imply that she is a much bigger deal in this movie. I just want it to be like season three of 24, where like suddenly Chloe's just like uh, another CTU agent. Or not Chloe, um, the daughter. Michelle Monaghan? Yes, Michelle okay. Monaghan. Uh, what's her face? Um, Cougar Girl. Uh, she, she just like worked for CTU in season three out of nowhere. Yeah, what, what happened to Cougar Girl? Besides uh, the one show. I keep wanting to say Elijah Dushku, and I know that's the wrong name. Uh, Lisa Cuthbert. That's right. Yeah. What's what's the bigger sin in 24? That they had a cougar 
attack her or that Kevin Dillon like had to spend time with her or she had to spend time with Kevin Dillon? That I, I don't even have time to go into that right now. Um, okay. But yeah, Mission Impossible Fallout looks cool. You're like, I not guess. in my four hour divergent yeah. podcast. <laughs> no. uh, and then obviously, we got to talk about the solo trailer. Yeah. What'd you think? Fuck it, let's just get in the solo. Um, you know, I didn't hate it. Uh, definitely, I feel like this gets Star Wars a little bit more than than I felt walking out of Rogue One's trailer. Um, I know a lot of people are like complaining that the guy doesn't look like Harrison Ford, which is like I, I get, you that's, know. But that's I think not my, my issue with that guy. My issue is more if if we're going to go for those kind of things that he can't change because he's not. He's physically not Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. It's more the voice. Um, something about his voice doesn't doesn't grab me. But I, I I'm very curious about this movie. I mean, there's a lot of parts of this that I like. Uh, mainly Khaleesi. Whatever the fuck is going on with like anime helmet. I'm all for with that weird shit. Oh, the um, like the weird bad guy he's facing off against. Like sci-fi Conan villain, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm kind of curious. Is that Maz Kanata at one point? No, it is not. Uh, Maz does not have forearms. It kind of looks like her, though. Oh, okay. I'm seeing that. It does have forearms. Okay, never mind. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I yeah, guess I'm all aliens curious. look the same. Hmm. Sorry. <laughs> um, there's something I'm 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 cautiously optimistic about Lando. I, I think this could be a really interesting character, a really if, iteration. If they had said iteration, if they had said we're not making a Han Solo movie, we're making a Lando movie, I'd be way more into it. Um, mm-hmm. I well, I, that makes a lot more sense to me because you could still you could do a Lando young Lando movie, and then you could you know the the second part of that punch would be something of Billy D in Episode Nine. Yeah, I don't know, I, I, Lando is a character I think there's more room for exploration of it's he doesn't mm-hmm. really have an arc in either of the movies that he's in uh whereas no. like Han Solo kind of like he arcs and then he further arcs and then it's like there's nothing left nowhere left for him to go basically until the force awakens um mm-hmm. whereas like if you're gonna make a Han Solo prequel movie now it's like well now we just have to like reverse engineer like a a leading up arc to where he was already arcing from to begin with you know whereas Lando like you could go wild with that like there's a lot more free space i feel like yeah we uh, and just think about the fact that how many times you had to say the word arc. arc but yeah especially when you get to the uh the internet rumor of grando calrissian i just wanted to bring back buffy Ra, his droid what about lobot i think lobot those, jr those might have been the first star wars books i read somehow or the lando calrissian chronicles or whatever they were Okay. They're so fucking random and weird. It's it's like it's like the guy just wanted to write sci-fi and so he just put Lando in his sci-fi stories that he already had going on. Did you ever read like the Han Solo books? I've never read the original ones. I've read the like the they like did a, a redo on those in the late nineties. I read those ones. Okay, well ones. Wasn't it like something like Han Goes like corporate or something? Like he's like working for like space corporations and yeah. Well, there's there's something called the corporate sector in the Star Wars universe, which is where Han okay, went for a while to like get his uh hyper hyperdrive past point five. Whatever okay. that means. Yeah. Anyways, um, the actual solo trailer it it all looked good to me. I wouldn't say the the Han parts that looked bad. They're just like the least interesting parts of that trailer. 
and it's weird because it seems like they're kind of hiding Han himself, like to like build up. I think that was their intent. It was like, oh, we're going to, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like, who's this guy? We're just going to like show his face briefly in the teaser trailer. And then the next day, you know, you'll see the big trailer with like dialogue from him. But it almost, I think, unintentionally makes it seem like they're not too confident in him. Because mm-hmm. he's he's barely in the trailer and he's, I don't know, I want to be a pilot, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, whatever. Like Lando looks cool. Uh, Amelia Clark looks cool with like her bangs and everything. I did oh, like. I... Sorry, go ahead. this this trailer like really rests on Donald Glover and Amelia Clark. Like they are carrying yeah. it on their back. I did like the shot of it's Han and was it Kira as Amelia Clark's character? They're right. like driving somewhere, and it's like it's very much like this classic like American graffiti esque like you know, hotshot guy trying to impress his girl by driving too fast type of moment. But like that feels right for the character. And it's just like, man, it's too bad. Harrison Ford's like 75 years old. Cause I I read somewhere, I can't remember who said this first, but Harrison Ford or not Harrison Ford, Han Solo is a great performance uh, versus say Indiana Jones is a good character. Like Harrison Mm -hmm. Ford really takes what could be not that interesting of a character in Han Solo and, and makes him great. It's just, man, it's an uphill battle for Alden Ehrenreich. It's that is a thankless role. I mean, we said this from the very beginning when they announced mm-hmm. this movie that, like, yeah, good luck with that. Yeah. Yeah, I think we got it. Yeah. I should also oh, say, just, I've, I've never the... seen Hail Caesar. Supposedly he's good in Hail Caesar. I have seen Beautiful Creatures. Sorry to say that's one of the 10 worst acting performances I've ever seen as Alden Ehrenreich in that movie. He is just, I don't normally mind acting that much, even if it's bad, but that is nails on a chalkboard. He is awful in that movie. Did you finish that? Maybe eventually at a friend's house, kind of half watching it. It is terrible. Um, oh, it's it's bad, but I think we had left like two thirds away from the movie. And I was kind of like, mm-hmm. how does this, uh, how does this train wreck end? Really? Um, Hail Caesar is okay. It, he's got a comedic turn in it, but it's, um, it's more of a, for his character, like a comedy of awkwardness. Like there's nothing in that performance by which you would be able to judge a Han Solo performance. I'll put it that way. I feel like uh, uh, we'll, we'll be talking about him later, but Ansel Elgort, his stock, like that guy's just cruising right now. Cause he, he always gets to be the what if, Mm. you know he can always be like well i could have done it better you'll never know (laughs) do you remember when they wanted to cast miles teller in this role miles teller is not han solo i'm sorry no i I just i feel like yeah ansel what's his name or this uh alden why do you guys have to have like hard pronunciation i know what what is up with the names of our young male stars and come on uh, well, they don't have talent, and they make up for it with like too many syllables in their fucking names. Um, yeah, I don't think Baby Driver would have been good as Han Solo whatsoever, and I think he's proved that with every single role he's taken on. Did you see Baby Driver? Uh, I did. I mean, it's it's unfair to judge because we've seen like two seconds of like Alden Ehrenreich's performance, but like I feel like Baby Driver Boy could have at least like been more passable as like he has a, his, his voice is lower really more than anything else he has a lower voice you know mm. Mm. yeah that's what i mean is doesn't this guy 
whose name I'm tired of saying, like, doesn't he just like it's like it's almost like a little kitty voice. I want to be a pilot someday. And it's just like it's a little too high. And and I don't want to say like all shucks, but it's no uh, all good or out on the Falcon. Yeah, it's just not that. But let me ask you this. This uh, I'm sure is going to pain you to answer. If they could have somehow had Adam Driver play young Han Solo, how would you feel about that? <laughs> that would have been interesting to watch. I mean, as a as an exercise, I would have loved to seen him like do a scene. That would be because it'd be so yeah. weird. It would be so weird because he's Adam Driver. I think. It's fine. From what I've seen of his, his various performances, he needs to steer into how weird he is. Like, don't ever play a normal guy, Adam Driver. You don't look normal. Don't don't act like <laughs> like the normals. Just be you. Be weird. Because that's that's the beauty of the like MAGA ridiculousness of of Kylo Ren. <laughs> We're all fine here now. How are you? <laughs> all right. Anyway, I was born here, you know. You're going to die here, you know. <laughs> Suddenly, Han Solo is just much more sinister. Yeah. Um, I mean, it... oh, just imagine imagine the scene where he thinks that Leia has chosen Luke over him. And he's just like, fine, I'll just leave. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, I guess overall in Solo, like, I, I have no expectations for this movie. I thought it was a terrible idea to begin with. So I feel like I'm playing with house money. It looks neat. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I, I'm, my hope is that by 10 minutes into the movie, all of like mentally done, whatever needs to be done that I'm no longer thinking about how this is not Harrison Ford, you know, and like, I'm able to just yeah, like yeah. see it as, you know, a, its own character and performance. I'm not saying I want the movie to like be a huge success. I'm not saying I want it to fail. I want it to have the, whatever that leads us to this marketing strategy in which they're like, yes, we have to do Obi-Wan. I don't know. Uh, that's a good segue into our next con- topic of conversation, which is they announced today uh, that David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, I believe are their full names, have been the, the Game of Thrones showrunners have been hired to mm-hmm. make a series of Star Wars films uh, to, trilogy, to produce and write. Not a trilogy. Mm-hmm. They said a series. No, it's not a trilogy. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. How do you feel about that? Um... Well, as uh, <laughs> I, I'm all for it, I hope this is a bullet in the head of the Confederate um, because e- even John Boyega's pointed out that uh, there's a lot, of, awful lot of white people in Game of Thrones. So I think I think they they could definitely be very, very interesting in a Star Wars movie. Um, I'd be very curious to see not just I mean they have the long term planning, they have that kind of fantasy dramatic bent to put that together. Um, it's the humor. I really hope that they could bring that. I, I'm, I'm excited about it. Um, I just hope that we have a really interesting director who's not vanilla or like all the rest. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Going by Twitter, maybe this is an unpopular opinion, but I don't actually hate Benioff and Weiss. Like, I generally enjoy what they've done with Game of Thrones. I have my issues here and there. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like reactionary like left twitter kind of maybe hates them a little too much like it it almost kind of detracts from the, the like the real criticism criticisms that these guys you know deserve mm-hmm. um i just like they're not going to be making 
Game of Thrones, they're going to making Star Wars. Like, I feel like there's like this weird meme about them. It's like, oh, those guys just like putting rape in their stuff and they just can't wait to put more in. And it's like, have you read A Song of Ice and Fire? Like, it's, yeah. it's just a completely false, you know, argument to make that like they're somehow like putting more sexual violence than the source material because those books are absurd. Um, I mean, they're they're definitely, I think, cultivating a, a vein of sex position. But yeah, I would say the unfortunate sexual violence is in the source material. Well, I, I feel like they deserve a lot of criticism for the way they've handled some of the stuff that's in the Game of Thrones source material. But I, I feel like it's kind of like a, a false argument to say that they're like going out and putting a whole bunch of like, you know, more of that in there than is in the original source material because those books are filthy. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I really feel like the, the problem is more in that the way they've been very tone deaf and how they've handled some of those scenes. Um, maybe they've learned their lesson. Maybe they won't. But the good thing is Star Wars is not a story about how like the chivalric knights were actually all a bunch of rapists, you know? So I, I don't think that's going to be much of an issue. Hopefully. I mean, God, you, you would think somebody like Kathleen Kennedy would step in at a certain point and be like, yeah, no, this is a problem. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, but in a larger sense, so it, I don't know. It, I have mixed feelings about it overall, just because like, it, it totally makes sense that you would hire these guys to do a star Wars series. Like they, they run the biggest show on TV. You know, it's like, it's a Hollywood blockbuster of a TV show. They're superstars mm-hmm. of that genre. It's like, of course you'd want them to do a star Wars movie, but like by the time you finished handing out star Wars movies to like all the dudes who's like, seem like they'd be good for a star Wars movie. You know, it's like, well, you got to get one to Fincher and then you get Spielberg back for one and people like Peter Jackson, give him a trilogy and Quran and James Gunn. It's like it's going to be the 23rd century before they ever let a woman get involved in the writing or directing. Like, it's, it's not that they don't deserve to, to make the movie necessarily, but like if Kathleen Kennedy is really serious about like kind of getting more diverse voices, you know, behind as well as in front of the camera, they need to make some more diverse hires there. Mm hmm. Um, like you said, and, and they are, yeah, well, they are writing and producing, so that does leave the opportunity to, uh, for different directors than the, the usual white dudes. Um, Brian Johnson's trilogy, the same thing. I think he's only writing and directing the first one. So those, I mean, I feel like they, they got to fill those slots with some more diverse choices or else it's just you got to put your money where your mouth is eventually if you say you want more diversity, you know, in your production. Well, and this is a good time for the announcement because we got the crazy high anticipation and excitement for game of thrones and now we have a year to like test this idea out and like really talk about in the public domain and they can decide how they want to react to to all this um then you know these guys might be gone from the franchise before (laughs) um game of thrones even returns You, you just never know yeah, I don't know. But seriously, it's, kill the Confederate. Just kill it. I I think it must be. I mean, I, I, it depends. Like, I kind of wonder, like, they've announced these things with Ryan Johnson and Benioff and Weiss so quickly. I don't know if that's just because, like, they're big enough deals that, like, there's no way they keep that a secret or that they're actually, like, kind of, like, moving fast on this. I mean, I, I guess they're filming the last season of Game of Thrones right now-ish. Yeah. Maybe. Um but I mean, I'm sure those good dudes are going to be pretty busy till like, you know, next summer, like at least another year, year and a half before they can even really mm-hmm. start much on Star Wars. 
but lots of Star Wars mm-hmm. coming. I guess I just saw they announced at a shareholders meeting that they have a couple, not more, like more than one TV show in development. Wow. So, yeah, I don't, I don't mind as long as they're good, I guess. Yeah. Uh, we'll the see. Young Lando Chronicles. I, I do kind of like the idea more of like them launching these like series rather than like these random one-off spinoffs. Like, let's do a Yoda movie like that. Even even like the Obi-Wan spinoff movie, like I'd love to see Ewan McGregor back in a Star Wars movie, but I'm more interested, I think, in like here's like a, a series of films or a trilogy of films rather than just like, hey, you guys like this character, we'll just make another movie with them, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like this could, well, I mean, this could be so them of- getting away from that, you know, 20-year time period that they've been stuck in forever, you know, with all the the kind of extraneous material that they're making. Yeah. So much of what I, I, I liked about last Jedi, not everything, but a lot of what I liked about last Jedi was only possible because it was the second movie because you had force awakens mm-hmm. and you, you know, you could grow a little bit and play with some of the things you'd seen. Well, and I presumably this movie is that they're doing like you, it, whatever I mean, they should know whatever J.J. Abrams is going to do. I mean, I don't see why it couldn't be like this is twenty years after the Force Awakens movies. You know, the seven, eight, nines. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is one. Of I those... wonder will seven, eight, nine be the last of the numbered movies? I suspect that they want to put the main saga on ice for a little while. I don't think forever, though. I like Episode Ten. That's just that looks too good on a poster to never do that. But it might be a little while. Um, the the last thing I want to mention about this, just it's kind of weird, is that. These guys are TV showrunners. They've essentially been hired to showrun movies. Yeah, I was gonna say that's that's. I mean, Which producers I mean, are one thing, but like when you bring in a director, they tend to be the captain of the ship. Well, even you know, like, except, except in the original Star Wars, Kevin Kevin Feige, the Marvel guy, like he's very well known, and everyone kind of understands like that he has his hand on the till there in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But still. When Thor comes out, they're not talking about him. They're talking about Taiki Waititi, you know, and Black Panther comes out. They're going to be talking about Ryan Coogler. And so it is weird. Like, I don't I guess we'll see what directors they hire and whatnot for that, because it's that's not normally how it is in the movie making world that you're like produced by, you know, <laughs> when this movie comes out, people will be talking about Richard Marquand. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, and I think that's that's one of the strong points of a guy like Kevin Feige, and I don't know if it's totally like that, but hire good people, give them what they need, you know, put them back on course if they get off course, but also get the fuck out of the way and let them take credit when they deserve it. Um, mm-hmm. Which, again, just makes you wonder about, like, again, the Edgar, Edgar Wright stuff. Did you ever watch the um, director's cut of Troy? I want to say I've seen parts of it troy by the way uh written by benny are we gonna do are we yeah yeah are we gonna mr mr amanda pete are we gonna do troy at some point on this podcast um i don't know it i i think i probably like that movie more than most people but oh yeah that's a great movie i mean it's i don't know if it's a great movie it's uh it's a movie i greatly enjoy (laughs) i think that is maybe a better i that might give you a better idea of what to expect from like a Benioff and Weiss Star Wars movie than Game of Thrones perhaps I don't know we'll see I just I just don't see them deciding like we need to do the gritty R-rated Star Wars movie like I, yeah. I don't think that's gonna happen no I think I think the R-rated nature 
of Game of Thrones comes out of the source material in that particular world. Um, I think it's lost to the the, the podcast wisps, but uh, on a podcast, once upon a time, the thing that really like uh, cemented Game of Thrones for me stupidly was you and I were talking about the War of Five Kings, and I said something like, you know what, Renly wouldn't be such a bad king. And you <laughs> said, you know what, it's not a utopia. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Star Wars, I don't think we've ever really seen anything in the the main movies that suggests that sort of mindset. You know, that kind of, mm-hmm. I don't know, like real politic nihilism. Um, mm-hmm. but we'll we'll see what they come up with. I don't yeah, I don't think you're ever gonna get like the Star Wars red wedding. <laughs> I, there are some people that probably want that. And I don't I don't know. I but, I would be yeah, mixed on that. People, I guess. Yeah, and it's you know, they put it in a book or something. But further further proving our theory that if you're a big Rogue One fan, you're not a real Star Wars fan. And I hate to say somebody's uh, not a real wanna, anything, but I don't want to get into like fandom gatekeeping or anything. I just think it means you have bad taste. Anyway. Which is which is better, not being a real Star Wars fan or just having bad taste? I don't know. I'll, I'll let our listeners decide that for themselves. We're going to talk about Divergent in just a moment, but very quickly, I assume you watched the Cloverfield Paradox. Sure did. What'd you think? Oh boy, um, really glad of how they marketed it. I, I was really enjoying that. All the the stuff going into the release of it. Um, I think I enjoyed it for the first four minutes and then i uh, check my phone a lot i mean i'm gonna be honest i was fairly drunk while watching this so i i i don't know if it's like fair for me to give this like a full review but yeah are you drinking right now thumbs down i am not no i'm drinking tea do, do we want to pause while you make a beverage no nah, i'm good i gotta work tomorrow okay i get up early too yeah. hmm. anyway um yeah, that that was a mess. I don't know. It was nice to see Zhang Ziyi in a movie again, and she like great froze cast. To death. Yeah, great cast. It's just like, how did you make such a bad movie with this cast? And I think a constant reminder of, of a lot of the problems of the script was what's his name, the Irish guy, Chris O'Dowd. Um, like, yeah, I feel like tonally, it's like he's in the he's in one of these other mini bad movies scripts that are like like shoved together mm-hmm. this is a fascinating concept because somebody sells a script called the god particle somebody says let's make this part of the cloverfield series let's also remove the god particle i mean i, I went online afterwards and saw like a couple of reddit posts that were trying to like explain all the easter eggs and whatnot and it's like yeah that's kind of neat and how it ties in to like the original cloverfield movie but that movie was still garbage yeah I so okay. Explain it to me then. So is is the monster? I I take it that a lot of it comes Look, out of. I, the, I'm not going to be the, a good explainer. Like I said, I was very drunk. But um, this is why you're going to be. There's the like best two explainer. worlds, and the monster somehow right. they somehow like Cloverfield. The first Cloverfield movie I think takes place on World A, and then uh, Elizabeth Debicki is from World B. And somehow, right, right, I got that. somehow all the, the, the business they did like pulled the monster, monster back to World A or something like okay, that. Okay, so all the all the Donal Logue stuff, the stuff that he was warning about. Yeah, I don't really remember that. The for sure. Twitter handle is paradox is real. 
Um, okay, so I was I was wondering because I, I I got that they opened a fissure in space time. Not only did they cross universes like any matter and matter universes, but they they brought off the monsters, and that's going to explain the whole franchise. Um, and then I was like, is that monster at the end? Is he kind of an updated version of the monster from the first one? Meaning they take place at the same time. I think it's like the satellite, like the space station crashes into the ocean, which you can see in the first Cloverfield movie, like at the edge of the frame. If you watch closely, I don't know. Right, right. And Um, the one thing I needed some uh, some slushka was what it needed. I'm much more interested in that fourth Cloverfield movie, just because I feel like that that sounds like a better concept. Is it's just like it's like World War Two, but there's like weird alien zombies or something you know like it's 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 more contained is what it sounds like um whereas this this movie is weird because it was it was very contained on a space station but they're trying to like do all this kind of like heavy lifting world building and like tying in all these elements you know and at the same time like kind of trick you with it like Mm -hmm. not reveal it but it's like how are you Whatever. Um, exactly. I really enjoyed Whatever. the first one, but I like the second one a lot better. I think. Yeah, Ten Cloverfield Lane is an excellent the movie. Best movie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I feel like the the popular opinion though is that the first one is the best, and I just disagree. That was an excellent trailer. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I know there are some people that hate J.J. Abrams for the 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 way he markets his movies, but that was pretty goddamn cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, JJ gets a lot of hate. Anyway, shall we talk about the main event? Divergence. Yes, please. Yes, please. Now, if memory serves, you were erudite. Is that correct? And I have no idea. We, I, I feel like we took a test and you were erudite. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope the listener has the means to take a shot every time you refer to yourself as divergent. I took a test. It turns out I'm divergent. Ooh, for shot. Mm-hmm. It's in my Twitter bio. You are going to be in the hospital if you take a shot every time he refers to himself as divergent. The test doesn't lie. Anyway. The, t- um, what, the test has said what again? It said I'm divergent. Okay. So do you have any sort of opening statement? We're going to do this old school, by the way. We're going to hit all your usual topics. Um, I feel like I'm no one tends to ramble in their opening statement, so I'll try to keep mine brief. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a fun later. little. <laughs> this is a fun little parkour movie starring like sideways Mary Jane Watson, um, where a bunch of people in suits declare war on human nature and good storytelling without understanding either. Um, I found it to be fun but silly but also devoid of tension and suspense and should have ta- turned the dial way up on the monster energy drink faction the end i think i think they're called the mountain dew squad <laughs> i think that's the mountain dew name. boys of a z yeah um this movie is terrible i love it it is so so stupid Nothing makes any sense. It's it's really just full of these like cheesy YA tropes and cliches. And honestly, rewatching this time, I thought Shailene was just a total dud as a lead. Um, yeah. But I can't help finding a lot of guilty pleasure in it. Uh, it could be so much better. It it just seems like somebody picked out all the parts of like Twilight, Hunger Games, and Harry Potter that they liked, and they just wrote like the laziest ripoff imaginable. It's so pandering. And. Mm-hmm. 
you know, marginally satisfying because of that. What I one thing I, I just and it's a stray observation. One thing I love is every time Dauntless does something just extra stupid, mm-hmm. the soundtrack gets so buoyant. <laughs> like percussion comes in, it's like uplifting synth, and we're just like, "Fuck yeah! Why don't you jump up these I beams and jump on that train? Fuck yeah!" God, it's so dumb. Um, well, let's let's do our top three and, and bottom three here. What was uh, yeah, the honorable I have an honorable mention. I do not. So you go um, first. Uh, these are all. <laughs> I put as, about, as much effort into these these moments as uh, the movie did. My number four is right before choosing day when the train shows up and those wild fucking yahoos from Dauntless come rolling up and jumping out their good old dumb fuck selves. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That is an incredibly it. dumb and somehow appealing scene. I agree. What's your number three? My number three is when they're like eating in like the mess hall for the first time and Tris is trying to yes. make some some conversation yes. with four which by the way just the name four never stops being hilarious uh yes. and he says what makes you think you can talk to me oh shit after like after they've tried to like kind of chat him up for about 30 seconds or so he just drops that on them just like a just a wet turd right on their plate it's hilarious <laughs> he really gets so pissy whenever these teenage girls clown on him yeah <laughs> which they do <laughs> well, you, you, which you could have picked any name and you picked four yeah for your four figures uh, well and and the sad thing is if you want to take your name seriously number one don't tell me and secondly don't tell me how you came up with your dumb name <laughs> yeah I mean, I, I, I hope they don't have myself. golf in the in this uh, you know future dystopia, or that would just get very confusing. Who is going to play golf in this faction cast? Yeah, the system. golf is not Mountain Dew Squad enough. I mean, we, we could sit here and like come up with like a variety of jobs that are found in society and quiz each other about who in what cast does these dumbass jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number three, which by the way, four, I had to keep reminding myself, he is the guy that Lady Mary fucks to death. In, yes. Uh, He's the Turkish diplomat. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, so, anyways, Lady my Mary number three had sex with him to death. To death. Um, but politely. Uh, when the one dude comes up to Shailene and asks forgiveness for trying to murder her the night before, and she very flatly says, "If you ever come near me again, I will kill you." I, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm putting it as my number three based on the text and rather than the delivery. Okay. Yes. Um, my number two, your favorite actor in this movie, Miles Teller. Uh, at no, one point, at one point, when uh, Trish shoots him during Capture the Flag, he, he goes down and he goes, "Bitch!" Like it's such a weird. Like I really feel like they told Miles Teller just be yourself and like throw out a lot, a lot of like snarky asshole lines through the whole shoot. Like it's not in the script; you just ad lib it because that it really feels like it. And he's he's like in a different movie than everyone else in this movie. He really is. I kept thinking Miles Teller showed up for this documentary and he's like, what is it everyone keeps reading in between scenes? Script? <laughs> What's well, it's, it's almost like like South Parkian, you know, it's like weird little like jibes that he gets in here and there. It's very strange. Like but, he's skinny Carmen. Yeah. But um, yeah, that that is just like, bitch, it's hilarious. Actually, my number two is when Shailene has like, 
saying Shailene. When Shailene has the gun in him at the end, she asks him a question, and he's like, what should I tell you? It's not like you're going to shoot me. And she says, why do people keep saying that? She shoots him, and he goes, yeah. <laughs> Those guns really loaded with bullets, yeah. Yeah. Uh, my number one is when Triss's dad gets himself killed for no reason at the end of the movie, and she barely bats an eyelash at it. Yeah. It's just like what a just complete failure of drama in that bit where it's like the mom's already died and he's just like, I got this run, 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 pow, pow. I'm dead. <laughs> it's, it's, so it's so weird. Yeah. And it's like My... cut, cut to not Han Solo being like, nah. and it's like, Oh, I guess dad's dead. Hey, is that eggnog? <laughs> Oh, I hope people get that reference. Um, my number cut. one mm-hmm. is at the end when Kate wins. It says, maybe you're not quite as dauntless as you thought. And Shailene is like, haha, you're right. I'm divergent, bitch. I was <laughs> it's like, like her big credits. moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's right. a real film somehow. Well, two, two possibly more sequels. Yeah, we're I I feel like I could say confidently we're not going to do those movies. I never even saw the third one. The second no, I never one, saw was, the third one. Second one was a just. I think I might have fallen asleep briefly. It was a blur. It was it was really bad. The second one, the best part of the second one is probably the same thing. that's the best part of the second Maze Runner movie, which is uh, Rosa Salazar. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have bottom moments? I I have uh, some bottom three. Yeah, I got four. You have four. Oh. You know, every time, like, it happens like 10 times in this movie where somebody off screen is just like, yo, four. You know, like, they're always calling for him off screen. It's hilarious. Here's the best part about the Miles Teller bullshit is half of his shitty lines are ADR, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I kept wondering, like, like in the editing room where they were like, we should have Miles Teller say something shitty here. <laughs> um, my number four moment is I'm just going to say pretty much all the narration in this movie. I forgot there was even narration in this movie. I watched it yesterday. Yeah. 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 Um, mm, it's rough. It's man. It's just, this movie was really like when it felt like we'd, we'd hit some sort of wall with these YA movies where it's like, Whoa, what happened to the originality? Mm-hmm. Cause they, they just hit all the tropes. Uh, it somehow made me appreciate the hunger games more. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a little. <laughs> I mean, at least visually, it was doing something more interesting than what's happening the, here. The problem with the Hunger Games is that the the original writer of the books just like went off the rails in the third book, and it just it just gets it's not what it was in the first book anymore at all. You know? Which which will take me into that would be a good segue into my number three moment. But you okay. should do yours. My number three, um, it just just this really stood out to me watching it this time. There's this moment where uh, one of her like Triss is like walking back through the fucking quarry, you know, cause that's where they live. And like some dudes try to like jump her and like push her to her death. And then four mm. shows up and he just kicks a bunch of ass and Triss just like stands there and watches. And it's like, what the fuck? That's the hero, the main character. Why is she not like, she has nothing to do with this at all. Like it's just so poorly constructed word. Um, so my number three moment, is towards the end when Shailene breaks into Erudite, Erudite, 
and finds four hooked up to simulation. He's brainwashed, ready to attack her like some dumb pita shit in the Hunger Games. And then Kate Winslet, this is actually almost a favorite moment. And then Kate Winslet struts in like her and her crew just got back from a big lunch and she starts speechifying. And then we have to watch these two fuckers like fight each other. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to watch five minutes of this dude beating the shit out of his girlfriend while she like wrestles with whether or not to shoot herself for him. Yeah. My number two, um, kind of encompassing that just in general brainwashing is a terrible plot device that really never works well. Um, every time brainwashing shows up in a movie, I feel like it's a dud because it, mm-hmm. it's, it's always the same thing where sooner or later, somebody's going to be making some emotional plea and it's going to magically break through the brainwashing. And I don't know, mm-hmm. like it, it even, I feel like it, it takes away from what would be the more compelling storyline of like actual fascism taking over. You know, it kind of like it's like, oh, nobody's responsible except for these few evil people in leadership because everybody else mm-hmm. was just brainwashed. Rather than so like, also, a, like a, a conflict of ideologies, you know, should someone you actually care about is ever brainwashed and or you're brainwashed, you're like, please hold the emotional, please. That's that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not how to reach me. Exactly. OK, Um. number two, Is your number two. Uh, that was my number two. two. Okay. So your number two is my number three. My number two is your number three. Uh, when she's almost thrown over the edge by Will or his clone, I think his name is Al. I think it's Al. Yeah. Will's the guy she shoots later and feels bad for like two seconds about the guys look literally the same to me. She has to be rescued. Fucking seriously. Yes. They look exactly the same. Also couldn't have shot that guy in the fucking leg or something. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. But also, Hey, Dauntless, why don't you put a rail there or get that thing fixed? Were the cor- corridors of this place designed by like the Death Star architects? I have, the fuck? I have a lot of issues with the infrastructure of um, what do we call this place? I mean, I know it's Chicago, but I don't know if they like a broke down warehouse. Yeah. <laughs> oh, which also encompasses the pit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is like, is there the a pit. name for like their little like fiefdom here? I don't know. Maybe I missed everything it. about Dauntless is fascinating and broken deeply broken at the same time let's talk about what we really want to talk about why doesn't dauntless fuck man i i hold that thought there's there's yeah. be so much horny energy in that group yeah i'm sorry what's your i mean one? why isn't everyone fucking but yeah um Seriously. my number one just the, to me the worst part about this whole movie is that the world these characters live in makes no sense and it can't hold up to the slightest bit of scrutiny like it, it feels like it exists entirely to create like cliche YA conflicts. It's cynically reverse engineered for tropes. It's like not, it's not like a true expression of science fiction storytelling. Like it's only there because somebody was like, how can I fit all these tropes in to make like a cheesy thing that will sell? Like it just doesn't feel like honest at all. I'll call yours one a for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number one um, amongst a lot of things encompassing the broken like emotional dynamic at the core of this movie um just first of all i want to say lol when they're all trying to jump on the train at the end and the look on a forest dad's face as he's trying to get oh, on the he train let that fucker go man i <laughs> but, but he looks like he's like trying to also not poop while he tries to like speed up anyway so shaylene's about to get on the train and he offers to help her and she's like i got it and he says i know you do 
and he scoops her up anyways. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like the training wheels never come off this poor girl throughout the whole movie. I, for some reason, like I, I want to say I also I saw this movie like at least two, maybe three times in the theater for some reason. Like I said, because I love it, even though it's terrible. Um, they, they just like let Kate Winslet go at the end. They're like, whoo, we stopped the brainwashing. But anyways, peace out. Maybe you'll execute. Maybe you'll execute everyone again as soon as we leave. We don't know. We're out of here. Destroy the system, right? They just like turn it off. Yeah, I like. What about all the other abnegation people that were about to get fucking like holocausted there? Like, Mm -hmm. what? I I think in the next movie they all go to Amity or something. I don't know, but like, they really just like fuck off at the end for no reason. It's Like, like you, you just won. Take over. What if at the end of every Star Wars movie where there's a big round celestial body shaped laser death weapon, Peace. they were just like, turn it off. No, 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 don't destroy it. Yeah. We don't have nothing that far ahead. Let's just turn it off. We'll all go our separate ways mm-hmm. and see what happens. Yeah. Also, at the very end of this movie, she says that she doesn't know who she is anymore. And he says, I know exactly who you are. And I don't believe that for a fucking second. That's this whole movie in a nutshell. Yeah. So, yeah, let's let's just let's talk for a while about this movie. Um, I just want to point out that in the opening, it has like this like kind of little meek title card that says Chicago as we're zooming in, like in case you couldn't tell this was Chicago. Also, well, so okay, the credits for this movie are terrible. Um, the first real thing you see is like a beach tanker ship in the field. Then chicago post-apocalyptic chicago and the futuristic bug zapper then the title card for chicago totally gets lost in between because it looks special effects supervisor and junkie x it looks like all the other title cards it's really weird yeah yeah in it's chicago, like oh by the way this is a this is like a dateline or whatever just hiding amidst the rest of the credits yeah yeah um visually there's like a I guess kind of a montage, but it starts off like a dystopian school uniforms debate to me. Um, all the all the outfits kind of suck. I mean, if you had to pick just based on the outfit choices, what faction would you join? Oh, fuck. The only thing I remember besides Rosa Salazar and the second one and the crazy farmer people is that Daniel Day Kim looks really sharp at one point. And I think he's the lawyer group. He does look sharp. I just I don't know, like the all white look. I'm not sure if I could pull that off. I feel like I might have to go with erudite, just like blue. Like that's kind of my color, you know. You know, you're not going to wear like a like a dirty black leather jacket. No, they got like a weird burnt burnt orange thing with Dauntless that looks kind of dumb. Um, abnegation is woof. Uh, <laughs> that's awful. They're like, we don't use mirrors, and we're like, honey, it shows. <laughs> Seriously. Um, also, the word faction never great. It's so don't dumb. don't steer into that. <laughs> yeah, it it makes no sense at all. And it, it really seems like just being dauntless could get a lot of people killed or factionless. Like, do the other factions have like a bunch of dumb tests and like cutoffs where they'll like kill you or kick you out if you don't pass? It's like, oh. hey, hey, guys, I solved your homeless problem. Why don't you make like a sixth faction? We'll call it like infrastructure, you know, call, call them janitors. It really doesn't seem like There's some fucking rooms. You hobos. It doesn't seem like this is a society that is like living on the, uh, the raggedy edge where like any deviation from conformity could throw everything into chaos. It seems like 
they're doing pretty well. They've they, one fifth of their population are fucking lawyers. You know, mm-hmm. like what do the smart people do all day? It's like they've they've got their military and their food covered by Dauntless and Amity, and ever and then they've got like a whole social worker class, and then the other two factions are just fucking around all day. Yeah, this system works if you don't analyze it whatsoever. Like not, not one iota. One point. Dauntless shows up on their patrols and they're like, look, it's a bunch of factionless sitting around doing nothing. And I'm like, what are you guys going to do? Like climb on shit to impress them or shame them? Why don't you hand them a broom? I mean, come on. There's there's got to be like another faction that these guys could join. who could be productive members of society. Yeah, I mean, and the Dauntless just seems insane. Like everything they do is leading up to like urban Dothraki X Games or something. Oh, so let's, you want I mean, to how break many down people the- are just falling to their death regularly because these idiots? Yeah. Well, Dauntless has tattoo artists amongst their crew. Do they have any doctors, or they have to go to the other factions for like all the bones that are sticking out of skin? I, the fucking tattoo artist. I mean, seriously, like, that's <laughs> also- your job. This is this is such a regimented society, society that you know nonconformity will tear everything down. By the way, tattoo artist is one of the legit jobs you can have here. Who also administers like tests, a way which a person's whole life hinges on the results. It like, doesn't seem is- to do a whole lot. It's like she punches a few, you know, taps a few buttons on a screen and like injects something and then just like stands around. I don't remember Maggie Q's character's name. I presume that she's just called the Mistress of Needles. Because <laughs> that's is, the thread. It, it is Tori. Whatever. Yeah. Um, so, okay, there's. I'm just going straight from the thing. Mm-hmm. We get erudite, the smart ones. They value knowledge and logic, which means a lot of business suits and looking through microscopes. Oh, her opening um, narration explaining this ridiculous world is hilarious. Amity, farming the land, all about kindness and harmony. She kind of giggles and goes, <laughs> always happy. <laughs> Like, is Amity, is that because, like, they're growing pot out there? Like, is that their secret? I don't know. They're just growing mush- mushrooms. Yeah. Oh, always happy. Uh, candor, valuing honesty and order. They tell the truth, even when you wish they wouldn't. And yet, we see them all in, like, this massive fucking courtroom, which is hilarious because of all of the SAT words by which these, these factions get their names. Lawyer derives from the Latin word for liar. And honestly, isn't the truth subjective at least 50% of the time? Sure. Yeah. I, I want to know what they're doing with all these lawyers, especially because it seems like this is a society on the verge of fascism, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What was, she has like a hilarious reading. I don't know if you had the quotes up in front of you, but the way she describes abnegation just like made me laugh. Uh, let's see. Oh, did I? Oh, here we go. Um, stiffs, simple life, dedicated to helping others. They feed the factionalists, who are basically hobos. Man, that negation sucks. Yeah. <laughs> There's no fucking way anyone would choose that when they could pee in the Mountain Dew squad. Yeah. Um, Dauntless, I don't want to skip over them. They're supposedly the protectors, soldiers, and police. I guess their power structure is more akin to police than military. Um, yeah. So, oh yeah, get that keyboard going. Oh yeah, sorry. Somebody so yeah, 
Abnegation runs the government. Uh, visually, this is shown to us by them holding some kind of like open air thing where they're taking a show of hands, like A's and A's and A's. And like, th- there's like, like maybe a hundred people on this thing for a society that presumably contains hundreds of thousands. Is this how they seriously do the government? Yeah, I know. Well, like by round of applause, who thinks we should pass this measurement? They let the social worker class run the government for some reason. Like, are there elections? Like, but like erudite wants to take over. Like who do you guys have a constitution or any sort of like charter or something? How about rather than like, creating some kind of brainwashing thing, orchestrating a coup with the stupidest possible faction, why don't you just withhold penicillin for a week? <laughs> Boom, you're in charge now. I feel like um, tetanus is running wild in this society. Especially in Dauntless and Hepatitis C. Yeah. Well, especially, especially, especially with Miles Teller. But yeah, especially bloodborne infections based in the society. Um, yeah, so she says, it all works. Everyone knows where they belong, except for this one white teenage girl. <laughs> it's such a, it, it's so shameless. And it's just like, oh, the whole movie's set up to make you worried about your identity and who you really are. And you're, yeah. so, you're so special because you want to be different things at the same time instead of like having one personality trait. Oh, look at you, you special snowflake. You're divergent. Yeah, this this uh, this movie really speaks to you if your whole life is tests with results that don't matter and rankings and clicks and more tests and looking in the mirror and getting that sullen asshole boy to like finally be nice to you. The, the bit where they can't look in the mirror for too long, like they time themselves. Is that a timed lock? Is that a combination? What the fuck is that mirror? I don't know. Like maybe it's like only the mom can open it. Like it's so dumb. Like yeah. seriously, you you you're only allowed like like five seconds of mirror time a day or something. Mm-hmm. Um, why? Why didn't you come to us and tell us that that rash was getting serious? I don't know. Maybe it's because I only had five fucking seconds in the mirror to see it. <sighs> you're having to steal mirror time from a spoon. Yeah, I know. And it's... There is no spoon. It, it's like we're supposed to be like, oh, she she wants more than a simple life of no mirrors. And then fucking Dauntless shows up and they're just like leaping out of that train. It's hilarious. <laughs> like I really wanted one of those dudes to go into the tracks. They all just, they, just they, wanted, they, like, they run a broken neck immediately. They're just running everywhere. Like for some reason, being Dauntless means being athletic. That doesn't really track in any way like. There's no reason to say that like being brave makes you more athletically capable than anyone else. Hey, whenever you think of bravery, there's one thing you always think of, and that's cardio. Mm-hmm. Intense cardio. <laughs> they should all have those like uh those stickers telling us like what fucking kilometer race you ran on their back. <laughs> uh so in this society, do only mothers give haircuts? Are there any like barbers or beauticians in abnegation this is what i want to know is who sells mirrors in this society (laughs) you're making this movie and you've cast shailene woodley kate winslet and ashley judd two of those three people look like they're related Mm -hmm. they're not who they cast as a mother and daughter like shailene woodley looks like disturbingly like kate winslet's daughter and yet 
Kate Winslet's so, some other character. Yeah, they look way more alike than Ashley Judd does. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know if I could care that much. Um, yeah, so uh, let's just get out of the way because everyone's talked about it. But so Shailene's brother's baby driver, who's also her love interest in that fucking John Green movie. That dude is going to be wearing vests for the rest of his life, just in like silent protest and not getting the Han Solo part. He should. I'd, I'll be doing the same thing. Um, Miles Teller, of course, is also her shitty boyfriend in another movie. But um, I like this. I should have put my number five honorable mention is uh, when Baby Driver totally shames her for not carrying that old lady's groceries or whatever. Sign me up for this fucking faction. I, I was with her there. That lady seemed fine. <laughs> I just like how he's just like, when you choose tomorrow, you got to think of the family. And maybe yourself, too. I don't know. <laughs> Faction before blood. That's a dumb saying, oh, yeah. but we say here's it a your, lot. Here's your choices. Smart, kind, honest, selfless, or brave. Mm-hmm. Two of those things don't mean anything to me. One, I'm kind of iffy on. <laughs> yeah, and then the, the choosing ceremony. I I love the the dauntless like bowl or whatever. It's just full of like cinders. Like, yeah. like, like smoldering charcoal. Yeah. Seven minutes in this movie is when Miles Teller shows up. Um, well, there's this whole conflict of like, oh, you, you abdication people are stealing food. It's like you have not like supported that in any way. None of you look hungry. You know, like, like who cares that they are? You all seem fine. Yeah. Well, it's the Hunger Games argument all over again. Um but it, like it yeah. doesn't they they put no effort into it. Like for some oh. reason it's like oh the, you know erudite hates abnegation because they think they're hoarding food. It's like so. By the way, he's reading news at some point on a tablet. Mm-hmm. Who writes the fucking news? Because I feel like it's not the supposed class that highly respects the the truth. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's probably like erudite. Probably yeah. Um. Anyway, so you get tested uh, which of those stum five qualities your stupid life is akin to and then you still get to pick regardless of your your test results there is way so, too much like dream sequence testing in this movie like way oh, too much and then and then you watch the second movie and you're like oh my god they tripled down on it is there more dream sequence in the second it's one like the whole fucking stupid second movie is like her doing more like mental tests Maybe the real dream sequence was the trains we jumped out of along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so she ends up in her own. Shaylee ends up in her own like shitty dark side looking cave, which is just all mirrors, all mirrors, badly and also, composited. Yeah. Also, Katniss's little sister. <laughs> oh, is it nice? No, I don't know. Oh, kaboom. <laughs> um, but yeah, so she has to choose between like dagger or some meat to fight off a dog, and then she tackles the dog into a floor and then she wakes up and Maggie Q freaks out and sends her out the back door because oh shit she's divergent the which thing- is actually more suspicious like maybe not go out the front door like a normal person yeah, who didn't have suspicious results hang out for another 20 minutes and then leave like you normally would yeah um, like also being <laughs> being divergent apparently just means like when you take the test you realize it's not real seemingly and, like, that's how only trans- divergence can do that yeah yeah, I mean. By the way, was, uh, I think it's fair to say neither of us have read the books. Uh, if you want to email us and tell us how this is all explained right in the books, you're welcome to. Yeah, please do. I don't uh, buy it, but sure. <laughs> you liar. Um, yeah, it's like the 
the closest thing I can find is that you can tell that you're dreaming and then you can affect that you can in like uh, incept yourself or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, it's mostly like, hey, we think differently and when we're supposedly this class. But yeah, like if work on your excuse when somebody's like, hey, what happened with your testing results or blah, 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 blah. Just be like, I don't know, man. I got diarrhea and I had to leave early. I, I don't know. Well, she leaves and like walks by like the hobo faction and she sees like some woman like rummaging through garbage. And it's just like, ew, I could be that person. Oh, Maggie Q says the test didn't work on you. You have to trust yourself. And I'm like, boom, the movie's over. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need acts two and three of this. Yeah. Um, so the brother won't tell you what, tell her what he got on his test, which you know tells you a lot. They eat by a single light. At yeah. Dinner. Yeah. They have like this single weird pin light that they eat by. Everything's like gloomy and they just wear nothing but gray. God, what a horrible cast to be stuck in. And they're not even like they're not even doing a play on like shades of gray or anything like that. They're just drab. Mm-hmm. Shades of drab. Um, Fifty Shades of Fucked Up Drab. Yeah. Not only is we should talk about this since we don't watch the show, but Shailene's dad is the president on Scandal, but he's also the dude that killed Patrick Swayze in Ghost. Oh, that fucker. Yeah. You might have seen him somewhere. Yeah. Um, so blah, blah, blah. The leader of their particular cult used to abuse his son, which is why the son ran off to join Dauntless. I wonder if we'll ever meet him. Mm-hmm. The whole society covers that shit up. Meanwhile, Shailene's like stealing a glass of her reflection in the spoon like a real fucking sinner. This movie, by the way, way too fucking long. It's like almost two hours and 20 minutes. Um... The thing about Ansel, I can't say his name, Baby Driver, like, I swear, this guy walks around like he has got more swag turned on than anyone else. It's because he thinks he's going to be Han Solo. <laughs> is he, is he like, they should have shown him looking in the mirror, like in, in uh, mm-hmm. 500 Days of Summer and seeing Han looking back at him and like, and like Harrison Ford just like shakes his head. No. <laughs> he's just like, nah. <laughs> It, it, it's kind of distracting to me that Kate Winslet appears to be wearing like the same like jacket, like not the same, but kind of the same as uh, Leia wears at the end of The Force Awakens. I don't know if you made that connection or not, but I kept thinking mm. that the whole time. It's like this weird angular neckline thing going on. I just kept thinking about this movie that Kate Winslet has got to be thinking about like cashing a check. She sh- well, she should have had a better career. Like, well, obviously, well, she's done pretty obviously well. she's got people- an Oscar. Certain people have shown up to cash a check here. <clears throat> Mackay Pfeiffer. Um, let's talk about the moment in which in the theater I wanted to stop this movie and, and poll the audience. The choosing ceremony. There has to be at least 500 plus people. And we have to wait for every single one of them to be called. Walk up there. Stab themselves in the hand. Bleed into a bowl. Oh, that has got to take days. Tris takes a good five fucking minutes to make her decision, oh, too. The prior she kids is standing have, around for fucking ever. The prior kids have a real existential crisis and take their sweet time doing it. But, but this, I feel like this is why, Benjamin Light, you brought us to this movie. What do they do with all the blood? They're all using the same It's so knife. unsanitary. Those, those bowls should be a fucking crime scene. <laughs> Just they're littered with blood. They're all giving each other hepatitis C now. Like it started with Miles Teller, and now everyone has it. Yeah, you got a faction. It's called Hospital. <laughs> yeah, like I kept waiting for the shining elevator doors to open up and gush blood over those five dumb bowls. Amity's bowl is just full of like gray dirt. <laughs> yeah, it is. I think uh, Candor is just like glass. Um, it's erudite. It's like water. 
uh what's the other one i guess that's abnegation it's just like like pebbles and then of Mm. course charcoal yeah and it's like it's such a like a, a moment of shame whenever anyone like picks uh you know not their birth action everyone's just like ooh, and it's like the parents are like, like they're about to break down and cry this is also, such a this is such a fucking stupid society like i just can't stress enough how incredibly dumb it is so when they go to join the new faction there's always a dude in the front row who gets up and gives up his seat and it's like yes. where the fuck does this guy go and is he <laughs> like, like cut to thrilled? the parents crying <laughs> i mean this this room this scenario is like jury duty times a thousand <laughs> I would die. I'd be. I'd have a book, and I would use it to slip my wrist. I mean, nothing says uh, maintaining a functional society quite like breaking up, you know, families left and right every year over and over again. Like, yeah, that's going to go down well. The one guy they actually show us, he's like, he joins Amity, and they're like, woohoo! And I'm like, seriously, <laughs> always happy. Yeah. So anyway, so the Dauntless Kids. They just—they don't believe in stairs. They just climb I beams and shit climb. to get to the L train. Lots of running, lots of climbing. Oh man, it's they, it's so dumb. They have to jump on a train that won't stop or slow down because they're dicks. I think it's supposedly somebody told me this that like in the books, like some kids like don't make it, like they yes. like fall or whatever. But like that, how is that a, a stable way to manage your society? Like at any moment, you might lose a person or two a day riding around on this L train. Yeah. So Shailene meets uh Simma's daughter. Like I, I wonder if there's some, habits. some reason in the book, like they figured out how to make the L train work, but they don't know how to stop it or something like <laughs> why doesn't the train stop? It's so dumb. Well, why would Dauntless be operating the trains and not erudite? None of this makes any sense. No. Um, so anyways, years before big little lies, Shailene meets Zoe Kravitz. Um, Five minutes after they get on the fucking train, they have to jump off the fucking train. Um, the one chick, I laugh so hard. The one chick's just like, yo, get ready. And it's like, for what? Mm-hmm. What? What are we doing here? Um, you can see a reflection of a cameraman at one point. I love that. And then um, there's like another test where she has to like jump into this hole where they might just die. Well, also, I mean, there's a net down there. Movie magic. They are passing the roof for a lot longer lot more distance than the actual length of the rooftop yeah yeah um so they land and then of course here's jai courtney fucking jai courtney and you know what his name is going to be eric in this movie uh when when we get to the power rankings we can discuss how terrible the names are in this movie except for four of course Uh, except for eric eric yeah is your is your big bad eric oh you know side note since you and i were talking about continuum offline when what's his fucking name shows up on the show, everyone go back oh, to why Benji and I talk about this. Yeah, the guy that we both hate. Um, oh, Ryan Roberts, the uh, Canadian Sam Worthington. Sure. Yeah, Ryan Robbins. I think it's Robbins. Robbins. Yeah. Uh, so his whole crew yeah, from the future bad. shows up. I don't know if you saw all of them. They all have like wacky fucking future dumb names, right? Like the pseudo Roman or just like I am Zizak, and then he's just like Brad. And so it's short for like Bradius. You have actors who've been on this show for like four years who said every kind of like temporal drama line. And then one of them has to go, we're waiting for the results from Brad. (laughs) I was like, yeah, the show needs to end. 
It's time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so Eric shows up. Um, to enter Dauntless, not only do you have to jump on the train, then jump off the train onto the roof. Now you have to jump off the roof into a deep, dark hole in the lower roof. Because what the fuck? Why not? And this is when we meet four. She's Everything immediately, immediately smitten with him. This guy like always is finding like an excuse to uh, like pick her up or put his hand on her waist or thigh or something oh, like that. So many inappropriate caresses. What if, would you love this movie more if he was just like, sup newbies, I am number four. <laughs> I mean, he's like canonically, what is he like? Maybe early to mid twenties here, probably. Yeah. Like I, I think like maybe 25 um Mm. she's definitely like what 16 16 to 18 18 i feel like is a stretch 17 to be safe 14 (laughs) this society makes no goddamn sense yeah Uh, i mean this is uh this is definitely called statutory rape but uh zoe kravitz gets a sick burn on him he then walks up to her and uses his height to shame her into keeping her mouth shut because he can't take some teasing yeah this guy's he's pretty touchy uh, maybe Which, this is how like he's like hiding his divergent self by like kind of being like this like prickly asshole on the exterior. If you're gonna name yourself for, I presume that you've got a real goofy sense of humor. This guy's he's got a lot of uh, kind of like barely smiles and he's just like careful. Yeah, like, he does a lot of that in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Which how is he still okay? So he tells him like. Yo, I work in espionage or whatever. He's like an intelligence. Not doing what does that, that mean? You, do you like go undercover for in, intelligence. The, in the hobo faction or something for a while to see what they're up to? Like, who are you spying on? <laughs> Went deep undercover with the, uh, the, the, the shroom farmers. <laughs> yeah. But like, how is he subservient and whatever their bullshit power rankings are to Eric? Eric is just cutting him off at the legs constantly. It's just yeah. like, oh, new rules now. Now, if you don't make it, you die. Also, can we talk about this guy's tattoo? Yeah, we can. He's divergent. Okay, four, yeah. four is tattooed. Four is divergent. If anyone finds out you're divergent, they'll fucking execute you. What does he go and do? He goes and gets a massive back tattoo. It's so big that it's like coming up, you know, over his collar. You can see in the back of his neck. Mm-hmm. Is he just planning to never take a shower again at like the uh the local locker room they have there because we saw mm-hmm. that they have like communal showers what does he do does he just like claim he's a never nude and like like not go shower with anyone else that's kind of seems like an oversight no one's ever gonna be like hey what's that tattoo i i can't take my jacket off well i i don't have faith in him to come up with like a cover story mm-hmm. but yeah he has a massive like last supper-esque tattoo of like <laughs> it's just revelation. screaming i am divergent yeah they might as well just scratch it out and write i am number four on it mm-hmm. I, but but it's a back tattoo okay he didn't give himself the tattoo well so maybe he had maggie q do it did he have to like kill the tattoo artist right after by the way it doesn't seem like a whole lot of work for that tattoo artist it no. seems like she just programs in like a, from a you know pre pre-designed like list of images or whatever like list of designs she just like programs it in puts like a little pad on you and like pulls a trigger and that's it. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of work. Not a lot of artistry going on there. No. Anyway, they She's live like, in a I, fucking I, query. 
my real hobby is my passion, which is poking needles into people. <laughs> they live in a quarry where like random people are just like boxing and fighting as like other people pound on things and make noise. Uh, and there's some people just dancing around in the background. It's kind of hilarious to watch. Actually, It's a quarry like underneath a building. I mean, these people are essentially Morlocks. I think the extras all think that they're in like the Matrix rave scene right now. There's oh, a yeah, yeah. there is a girl juggling in the background. Hardcore. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like a bunch of edgy high schoolers trying to like flash mob recreate the rave orgy from Zion in the Matrix. The center of life in Dauntless is a place called the Pit, and how he says "sup," this is the Pit, <laughs> and they don't all start giggling. I don't never understand. Well, this, this is the point where the movie essentially just turns into like a basic training movie. You know, it's like, oh, wow, our accommodations are not very nice and we have to do lots of physical training and get woken up early. Like, it's all real standard. And they don't even really explore it in an interesting way. Like, it's like, oh, guess what? Here's the bathrooms. Like, the toilets had no stalls. You all like shit in front of each other and like you give yourself like hobo showers. And then it's just like, anyway, we'll never see this again. If I was making this movie, I'd make so many changes. But one of them would be I would have the scene where, like, the one newbie, like, has straight up the runs. And everyone's just like, oh, my God. That's, um, that's your make one change. That's my make one of 20 changes. Um, well, the movie also does that thing as it goes into, like, the toilet version of Ender's Game here where they're like, let's split up the Dauntless Born with the new kids so we have room for exposition. <laughs> Yeah, so 30 minutes in the movie, Miles Teller has sexually harassed Shailene twice. Oh, she's never eaten a hamburger before. Because yeah. that's, that's how lame abnegation is. They don't even, like, eat the good food because they're so yeah. selfless. God. Also, Dawn, Dawnless chillaxes to tame Impala. <laughs> they just, just like, have, like, show wave playing in their cafeteria. They've got hamburgers. They don't have, like, buns, though. Maybe they're, like, on, like, a... Like a low carb is it low carb that's that's yeah that's yeah. the all meat they're on thing. Atkins they're, shit. Yeah. yeah they're doing some atkins just wrap that in some lettuce and you're good to go um so but be honest though when he says are you kidding it makes you think you can talk to me <laughs> didn't you almost like him <laughs> oh i wouldn't say almost i would say i did like him <laughs> it's a lot of are you kidding me and careful <laughs> are you kidding what makes it you can talk to me? <laughs> Scavenger scum. Um, yeah, so the girls start clowning on him some more. He gets real, real hostile. But he's still a likable dude because his co-stars are Jai Courtney, Miles Teller, and those two boys look exactly the same. And then, like, randomly, Mecky Pfeiffer shows up as, like, the leader of Dauntless, maybe? I don't know. Who this. He, like, <laughs> says he says some <laughs> random... <quotes> the leader? <laughs> he says he's just like, we're brave here, blah, 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 whatever, and walks off. No, no, he says, he says, we believe in ordinary acts of bravery, which means all of you newbies are going to start crowd surfing. <laughs> Isn't that what I just said? Yeah. Yeah. With the crowd surfing scene, it's it's like they have to hit these like kind of cheesy, like teenage beats where it's like, it's time for the happy scene. Look how fun it is to be in Dauntless. You're crowd surfing. Like you said. Whenever something extraordinarily dumb happens, the soundtrack just gets starts coming to life. <laughs> and then we essentially have like an hour of like training sequences. Yeah. What would you do if you were in any kind of training situation and you're suddenly woken up in the middle of the night and someone's like, 
two minutes. What the fuck can you do in two minutes? I don't get dressed. Can't even, can't even get dressed in two minutes. You can't even take your, you know, morning constitutional. It doesn't even seem like they have a training regimen that makes sense at all. Like they all, they all seem like a bunch of amateurs running around, like pretending to be the Mountain Dew Squad. Like it's not, it's not like regimented or, you know, like like it's not like actual military training. It's just like this weird like cosplay idea of like what like uh you know extreme faction would do. Like it it doesn't seem like this is a real society in any way. Like a teenage Jesus freak Teotwaki Second Amendment kind of group. Um yeah, they, they, I feel like Eric Eric should be like, You're a new kind of Dauntless. You're the Mountain Dew Ice Dauntless. <laughs> Yeah, so there's a whole dumb thing where, like, they're going to score everyone. I don't even know how, like, they do their, like, shitty points to Gryffindor scoring. Seemingly, but... like, one-third of the class is not going to make it. And yeah, so there's a red line hobos. if you're below it. Yeah, The scoreboard is the most infuriating, like, uh, mind-boggling thing because it's so high-tech compared to, like, Everything I'm not else. even sure Dauntless has toilet paper. Oh, they do. Those in the background of that shot. Yeah, okay. they have regular old toilet paper. No three sh- three seashells or anything like that. Oh darn! Yeah. <laughs> I really want the three seashells from Demolition Man. Can I talk a little bit about the fighting? Like, I don't know. I wish you would. I don't know if this is like supposed to be a certain type of martial art or something they're doing. The weird it's not shit. The weird shit that she and everyone else is doing with their elbows in this. This is like quite possibly like. It was like they consulted an expert and said, give me the worst fighting stance you could ever get in if you wanted to get into fisticuffs. Like, what what way could you arrange your arms such that you would get the shit beat out of you? <laughs> it looks so weird and awkward. Like, it doesn't look cool. It looks like your hands are all tangled up. And it's no wonder that she gets the shit beat out of her because she telegraphs a punch like three seconds ahead of time just to, like, get her arm in place. I need a pose that will make my opponent laugh in my face mm-hmm. and then like the uh the pie may just like strokes the beard and he like instructs them on their pose and this one is called the hit me <laughs> hit me i deserve it kick me uh, in the fucking face yeah that, <laughs> that's what this stance is yeah so we discover because shailene's not making it she's not cutting it we discover the hard work comes from getting up early hitting the punch bing bag before everyone else and it really helps if you have a montage on your side Man, I I never for once buy that any of those punches are doing any damage at all. She, uh, Shailene, I I don't think she was cast well. I mean, maybe the point is that she looks completely out of place or something, and that's what they're going for. But I never get a this is the the future leader of men vibe from Shailene here. I'm not getting like a Joan of Arc vibe at all. Well, not in a, especially not in a militaristic society where presumably everyone else should be like lean and cut. Those punches are doing nothing. Yeah. But well, it, everyone in the movie tells her you have no muscles whatsoever at all, at all, except for her mom. Who's just like, you're so strong. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, not supported in the text, Ashley Judd. Um, yeah. So she gets in the fight with the big girl with like the Betty page ish haircut, the, the early page, like season one page haircut. Um, Hand-to-hand combat, this girl, like, beats the 
fuck out of her. Well, uh, this one, girl's got like six inches and probably at least 20 or 30 pounds of muscle on Shailene. Like no shit yeah. she lost. Yeah. I mean, it's almost comical how like she like rags doll beats the, I wanted to see like teeth get spit out, but mm-hmm. in the background we see someone get carried away and I'm just like, what's the, what's the healthcare situation in Dauntless? Do they just like take you in the back and like spray Axe body spray in your open wounds until you're better? Oh, I see you are Dauntless. <laughs> anyway so great visual they take the new recruits to like the bug zapper wall to show them why they're so hardcore because the terrifying threat of idyllic farm life is beyond the wall well there's a bit where they're like let's get tattoos like out of nowhere and it's just like yeah. fun teen scene you know like it, it's so incongruous with like the rest of the movie but it's like no it's been five minutes we need to make this seem like it's fun again the tattoo scene in which Maggie Q has to do the thing where the minority has to dispense wisdom mm-hmm. to our, our white savior. It just made me want to go watch Starship Troopers. Yeah. Yeah. Starship Troopers is a much better version of this and it's shorter too. Yeah. When he's getting the laser tattoo and Jake Busey throws the fucking uh, like alcohol on the, on the put your hand on that wall. Like everything this movie's trying to do was done yeah. like 10 times better in Starship Troopers and like essentially a 10 minute sequence. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like Jai Courtney is playing this role of Eric. As if he's Michael Ironside's son from Starship Troopers who got kicked out of the house for being, you know, that way. Um, So the one dude, I don't know if it's Will or Al or maybe it's both combined because they look like they're the the two outside parts of a sandwich with no meat in between. At one point, Eric, there's a knife thing and like Eric's like, like, go go pick up the knife. And then Will hesitates. um, First, Zoe Kravitz almost gets like pushed into the quarry. Just because oh, yeah. uh, Jai Courtney's being a dick and she has to like hang on. Like she almost dies here. Like, or is this happening right now in like Candor where they're like, you better remember this legal code or I'm going to put a fucking bullet in the back of your head right now. Like, or is it put only your da- in that autopsy? <laughs> is it only Dauntless that has like a 50% mortality rate? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they do like a knife throwing thing, and I can't remember what happens, but the dude, like, he drops his knife, and Eric's like, go pick up the knife while everyone else is throwing the knives, and the dude hesitates, and Eric's like, are you afraid? And it's like, fuck yeah, I'm afraid. Everyone is throwing knives. And they're in terrible at it. Yeah. Wouldn't you prefer in but, our military that I am afraid of knives? But, but of course, uh, our hero somehow is good at throwing knives, and it, it really seems like this was the only training that Shailene did for this movie was knife throwing. Because her form is good there. It is not good like throwing punches or like running around at the gun or anywhere else. But it's like she must have practiced for this. Yeah. So somehow she gets to take the place of the other guy just by like volunteering. Yeah. Yeah. So four is then picked because Eric understands drama and coupling. Four is picked to like throw knives at her to demonstrate bravery or test bravery. And I just thought, isn't it cute how this kid survived countless years of abuse from his father only to grow up to like further bully and harass other kids? I mean, it should be pretty noticeable to everyone else in Dauntless that like these two are crushing on each other, right? Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. They're sharing way too many significant looks and like, you know, kind of whispered conversations together. I mean, Eric's got to notice the massive amounts of favoritism that he's showing her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Unless he's like also rubbing Miles Teller's shoulders and caressing his like love handles. Maybe he is. But then she comes back after getting the nice run at her and everyone claps for her because it's been another 10 minutes. We got to have a happy scene again. Isn't it great to be a teenager? Uh, Even even like the girl with the bad haircut. Yeah, even the girl with the bad haircut comes up and it's just like, hey, you're all right after all. Even though I kicked you in the fucking face. Even though I knocked out your two front teeth. And then like Miles Teller shows up. He's like, hey, I know it's been an hour in this movie, but uh, this is the plot. Uh, Erudite's mad at uh, abnegation for some reason that we're never really going to explore. An hour into this movie and I thought I'd rather just take my chances with like Project Mayhem or Fight Club. I get what they're about. Man, these training sequences go on forever. And then it's like she gets her ass kicked. And they tell her she's out, but then she just goes and runs and gets on the train anyway. Yeah, they're going to go do some kind of like nighttime capture the flag-esque exercise. The Eric coolest says, thing about this sequence is the uh, the weird flags they have that glow. Those look neat. Yeah, they look like that. I want to touch them. Mm-hmm. Interesting texture. Uh, I'm sorry. Four says it's kind of like capture the flag. And actually, he's lying because it's exactly like capture the flag. Did we miss um, a scene where they're like teaching them like tactics and strategy or something? Or how to shoot guns? No. Well, there how is a brief. Guns? There's there's a couple scenes where they're um they're doing like like range you know firing or whatever. So that's right. There's a little. How bit many of that. darts can those little guns hold? As many as you need, apparently. Because they're uh, like. Yeah. But they're all like they're supposed to be like strategizing. Like, what's our plan for capture the flag? She just wanders off. And starts climbing something. And then four, the leaders, wanders off with her. Like, what mm-hmm. is everybody else doing? They're like, oh, I guess we'll wait around when those two flirt up there. Yeah, yeah, because there's no leaders in the rest of that group. No mm-hmm. leaders. Uh, as this dude is, like, mastering his fear of heights. It's one of his fears. To, like, it's get a only faceful. Oh, no, wait, yeah. he has four. That's right. Yeah, that's right. He has four. He has a very cleverly picked name. Mm-hmm. Um, because he masters that fear of heights to get, like, a faceful of, like, Shailene's ass. Um, to climb this Ferris wheel. And this is like supposed to be cute, but mm, it's not really landing for me. No, no, this does nothing for me. Totally leaves me totally flaccid. I mean, um, it's it's kind of cute that like, oh, he's afraid of heights and she isn't. But they, I don't know, they don't do enough with it. She's not flirty enough. She's not. She's not anything enough in this movie. She's such a wet blanket. Like, I don't know what they're doing at this role. If like this is how they wanted it played or something, but like. No, she ne- nothing in her performance ever suggests like confidence or bravery or that this idea that she is you know so cool under the collar because she's divergent like she's a, just a total stiff like the director was like shailene let's look at other teen movies okay so here's twilight case do she's kind of a cipher but she's doing a lot of actorly work there's a lot of scoffing she's touching her hair she's making some faces i want none of that <laughs> And it's really a role that requires a certain amount of, you know, star wattage and charisma because it, it there's you have to somehow project this idea that, like, you are special. You know, yeah. um, this is this is where somebody like Daisy Ridley w- would be a better, you know, cast role, I think, just because you, you need someone that is just like their very presence on screen is magnetic enough that, like, yes, they're clearly the hero. Conspiracy theory. The producers of the Hunger Games were like, look, we can't make the Hunger Games good because 
yeah, Boogaloo we're working with. Let's go produce a bunch of other really vanilla, dumb <laughs> teen movies. So ours looks better by comparison. This is a foolproof plan. Um, so they they capture the other team's flag. It's in a skyscraper, whatever. Um, it, and it's all because sh- of her brilliant plan of like, let's go take their flag because I saw where it was. Yeah. Yeah. It's a skyscraper. I don't think you needed to get on the Ferris wheel to see it. I really yeah. don't. I think you could have just looked up. Um, they shoot Eric a couple times with darts, and I would have I would have unloaded my gun into his dick. Bitch. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and Myers Tyler too. Yeah, um, and then there there's like this zipline scene, which is like you know, it's been another 10 minutes, so we need another fun teenager scene. Um, it's cool, I guess. I like the part where she's staring at herself in her reflection there for a while. Um and she's racing definitely... towards her death. Do they send like a mannequin down first just to make sure there's well, no, no new obstructions in the way? Again, so there is something spectacular about the urban landscape at night, free from light pollution, other junk. There's doing a zipline thing. It's a really dumb thing to do. So, you know, it's awesome because like this autotune French pop is like blasting through it. Mm-hmm. There's a break on the zipline. How do they get the zipline through the giant hole in the skyscraper? Very carefully. Yeah, um, there's a break on the zip line. It's also behind you in a way in which you physically can grab it. Just for a little extra tension, yeah. <laughs> we lose half of our Dauntless kids this way. We really should stop doing this. What are they doing right now in like Amity? What's their training like? They're like, here's a hoe. Here's a you rake. What are doing? Oh, I, even in Amity, I think they're probably showering. Dauntless kids are essentially like squatting and spelunking and filth mm-hmm. <sighs> anyway so blah 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 they start loading up some Tri- Tris makes point. the cut basically she's like she barely yeah. makes it she's like 22 out of 23 and then there's like cut to them loading up I guess this is like food it's like Dauntless is like doing a supply run or something mm-hmm. and to who? it seems like they've got plenty of food it really does but but who are they bringing food to? I think to themselves I think it's like <laughs> I, I think that's what it is. It's like, hey, Dauntless, like it's it's second Monday of the month. It's time for you to go get your food shipment or whatever. Because uh, Amity makes all the food. Like they they do all the farming and whatnot. And I guess mm-hmm. this is just the distribution area. Okay. Well, it's just like everyone's just like tossing each other like a fresh can of Red Bull. Yeah. Yo, bro, get some wings. So Ashley Judd snuck in behind some crates. She like signals her daughter of like a mirror and maybe it's Morse code. But it's She's like, like, hey, shining. remember me? You haven't seen me for like 40 minutes in this movie at least. She, I don't know how she's not shining that light in like 20 people's eyes, mm-hmm. but only Shailene sees her. This is where it's kind of suggested that she knows about the whole Divergent thing, that maybe she's Divergent. Let me, let me say this to you, Benjamin Light, because you're Divergent. Mm-hmm. That's true. You don't, you don't conform. Your mind works in a million different ways. Yeah. They're going to be afraid of you. They're scared of you, man. Yeah. I mean, everybody else out there, they just have a single personality trait. But those those special divergents like me, we happen to have more than one. I wouldn't want to be friends with somebody who was just one of those dumb things. Even if I valued <laughs> that, like that trait... I don't want to be friends with someone who's solely selfless. I want to be brave and selfless and kind. Actually, no, I don't. Then yeah. um, the second, the second, this is like an hour and 10 minutes in the movie. And it's like, all right, time for stage two of your boring ass training, which is all dream sequences. It's like you sit in this chair, we shoot you up with drugs uh. and 
you're just supposed to pass these like mental tests while somebody stands around. It's God, it's bad. At like, some point, this is what you came up with. Well, at some point, you've got to be watching like fours, whatever, with her. Because well, we just... gotta, we gotta learn something about four. It's like we, we need to know more of this guy's backstory. Why don't you come into his dreams? But the hairs have got to be standing on the back of your neck that he's just grooming her. At some point, it's, it's, I mean, it's creepy. Um, also, I'm sure you saw this. That's a big fucking needle they put in her neck. Oh yeah. Yeah, I bet you were just like, ooh, I think it moved. Um, I don't know why I have it here about Eric. Like, what is this guy's deal? Like, he's stepping away from he's the like boringness a drill of sergeant. I guess I don't know. But like, do you think on his off time, if he has off time, is Eric just out there like fucking like crazy? This seems like a very sexless Mountain Dew squad for the most part. Dauntless should be having like parkour acrobatic goddamn orgies in their urban fuck tomb well somehow for as we'll see in a little bit he has this like loft fuck pad situation going on yeah i guess he has like a private shower so nobody sees this divergent tattoo you know i don't know how he set that up (laughs) but uh, is it is it like after you graduate like your basic training you just get to go squat wherever you want maybe in this abandoned city i'm not sure I'm I mean, just saying, Ad Negation lives in these like hovels in the middle of uh, like the park concrete there. shanties. Yeah. yeah. It's like they, they like, took out the magic bean and just put a bunch of like ugly houses in. I'm saying Dauntless, for all of the kids who don't die from like blood infections, from like wounds or broken bones or whatever, the rest of them should be dying from like advanced syphilis. They should just be like fucking like crazy. Um, Un- unrelated can we talk about Chainlene's hair in this movie a little bit yes we can she's got too much hair i feel like for being dauntless it seems like everybody in dauntless should be rocking like a short do and they rectified this in the sequel but like she's got just like this huge mane of hair and it's either like up in ponytails or then whenever she takes it down she looks like she's 18 years old and like going to her first club like she has like she's doing this weird kind of like bang swoop thing in front. Mm-hmm. Like it mm-hmm. just it looks like it's 1992 and she's going to a Debbie Gibson concert. Like it's distracting after a while. Let's go to the mall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she has way too much hair. And in a fight, as the many fights they get into, like especially like season one page haircut, she would just be grabbing that ponytail and like jerking her head back left and right. But it's a it's a movie. It's also a teen movie. So she will come from the most gross, like sweaty workout or wherever. And she has perfect hair. And, and it's like just big hair. Yeah. 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 Like it's like it's, they, <laughs> I guess Divergent has a, they're stocked with hairspray. And you know what that hair is not full of secrets and or character development. No. Um. So at one point there's a scene where she's like bonding with her friends over shit. There's again, Will and Al, and they look exactly the same because maybe I'm developing mediocre white guy blonde blindness. And Miles Teller just strolls up and like just starts giving her shit after he's like reading the news or whatever. And like, what's your secret? What's your secret? What's your secret? So it wouldn't have made more sense if Miles Teller was like an undercover reporter or something equally cliche as the rest of this movie, or if it actually seemed like there was a food shortage and that there was some sort of conflict and tension, like. If at various points somebody said, uh, we, no dinner tonight, you know, we ran out earlier. I did something, anything to suggest that like, ooh, this this seems like important 
that there's not enough food to go around. They're kind of starving. Here's a here's a new exercise. I want you to roam the street at night like maniacs, stealing food from the homeless. Well, I mean, let's take it a step further. That's a okay. lot of protein. You run low on food supplies, I mean, you clearly mm-hmm. don't care about these people. Okay, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I know what you're saying. So than green time. Yeah. Uh, this movie is you in so many ways. It's letting all of your best qualities out. Um, all my divergent qualities. <laughs> At first, when you said protein, I was like, dude. And then I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> um so Ford gets really upset because Shailene is like too good at crazy fear hallucinations. It's, it's clear that she's divergent. So she goes to see Maggie Q and Maggie Q's just like, yep, my brother had that happen and they killed him. You're screwed. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> oh, also, I didn't want to talk to you like 20 minutes ago and I don't know why I am now. I guess the screenwriter's making me do it. And then she goes but to so, see uh, uh, not Han Solo and... He's just like, man, yeah, abnegation sucked, right? And she's just like, oh, why are you saying that? And he's like, oh, we know they're they're stealing all the food. And Erudite's going to take over. It's time for new leadership. It's like, do you guys have elections? Nope. What is going on? So is it, is it in the charter that abnegation is just always in charge forever? That doesn't seem very stable. Yeah, here's an idea. You want to have a head of state that inspires confidence in your multicast, like urban society. Why don't we elect leaders who don't know if they've got fucking food stuck in their teeth because they don't look in mirrors. <laughs> and then uh, Kate Winslet shows up and just like well, takes her to her office to like just have a first, chat. But first, she Shailene takes the conversation back to herself and she's like talking about Dauntless and she's like, I'm not going to make it. I'm not like them. And he's like, well, who is? They're crazy. <laughs> Yeah, um, it, there's like this brief bit of like, you know, conflict building in the in the background where she like passes some people who look like they're being brainwashed or something just right out in the open and like erudite's headquarters or well, whatever. I'm really upset about this Kate Winslet scene, um, not because I, I, I don't value any chance to see Kate Winslet just succeeding in an otherwise terrible script. But like presumably she's the head of erudite, right? I guess. If I was the head of any kind of evil or evil organization, I don't have the time to take out of my fucking day to monologue my philosophical argument to some nobody. Her argument that never makes a ton of sense is just like, oh, we're all about like suppressing human nature. That's a good plan, right? Yeah. Well, hey, you dumb, dauntless grunt with like suspiciously fantastic hair. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you all about us. And, and then, by the way, we have cars. <laughs> Yeah, they have cars. It's like, oh. I guess. Not everything is jumping on trains. Does only Erudite know how to drive? Maybe. Only the smart ones. Also, in her conversation with Triss there, she mentions divergence, which is supposed to be this big hush-hush secret. And she just yeah. she's like, oh, we got to help us find the divergence. Triss doesn't bat an eye at this. Like, this should have been a plot point. Like, oh, that was interesting. She didn't seem to, she didn't. Ask what a divergent was. She apparently knows what's going on with that, you know? Mm-hmm. With no real, like, like, like built up value about why you should, like, hate divergence. I mean, I would have, like, oh, they're not just divergent. They're deviants and their dicks smell weird, you know? I mean, I would have really, like, tried to, like, like, workshop this to, like, scare well, you, the masses. You need to have presented us a society that seems on the edge of breakdown and that if, like, 
everyone is not doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing, it's going to fall mm-hmm. apart. Like it has to feel really on the edge and it just doesn't look like it. They have fucking cars that they drive around in, you know, like she's which taking is, tea here with uh, Shailene. Which is why like uh, Kate Winslet needs to uh, cut taxes for the rich and mm-hmm. also have a big grand military parade for herself. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the, the three dudes, the three dudes wrestle her away from wherever she is these, to this chasm. These which three is losers can't kill one girl. I mean, come on. They don't have the strength to toss her over the side, even when she leisurely pulls off the other guy's hood. <laughs> All you had to me... do is push her right off the edge there. Couldn't do that. Well, do you remember the last five minutes of the first episode of season two of uh, House of Cards? And you're just like, oh, shit. And you're like, oh, that's yeah. how exactly you do it. It's like, just shove her into the pit, guys. <laughs> do you want to talk about the architecture of uh, Dauntless? Which architecture? Exactly. Um, well, four, okay. four shows up and rescues Triss here. And, like, it's got to do some more, you know, sensitive touching, cleaning the, the wounds on her hands. I don't know how she got those wounds. She wasn't fighting. No. Um, yeah. Oh, it stings, but it feels good at the same time. Check out my awesome hair. I'm glad you had some hairspray here. <laughs> You're gonna be fine, but here, axe up. And then he's <laughs> man, if they said axe up in this movie, that would be the greatest thing ever. <laughs> like, there's a there's a version of this movie that's amazing, and it involves <laughs> it involves like four tossing her some max body spray and saying, "Time to axe up." I'm all about the like uh, the massive product placement version of this movie, which I think just then becomes idiocracy. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Shit's been fucked up for a while. If all their Dauntless outfits had like little Mountain Dew patches and whatnot on them, you know, <laughs> it's all branded. Just steer right into it, Mountain Dew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I can't get... I can't wait to get like just really weird and rich. I'm totally going to remake this movie in my compound. <laughs> Product placement. Um, yeah. So anyways, they're going to do an inception on him. Which well, they, is crazy foreplay before we get to that. They um, foreplay yes. <laughs> foreplay <laughs> sexy. Uh, he does the move where he's just like, you take the bed. I'll sleep on the floor. Like just once in one of these movies, I wanted the dude to just be like, yeah, anyways, you can sleep on the floor. You know, I'm still taking yeah. my bed. Well, also... Oh, I'm sorry. Do you think this is some sort of romantic situation? No, I'm 25. You're 16. <laughs> you need to sit the fuck away from me. I don't need another one of those accusations on my sterling record in this bullshit organization. This guy has a fabulous loft. It is huge. Well, yeah. He's like... Welcome to my like 75,000 square foot like living pad of which the only place where you can physically sit down is the bed. <laughs> you go sleep on the floor. <laughs> that's a that's a power move and a half. Now here, axe up. <laughs> Petition Kickstarter this to redo this movie where every scene has Miles Teller just spraying copious amounts of axe. <laughs> I think they got to do it at the beginning of all their missions, you know? And then they take out the, like, neurotoxin darts and they're just spraying axe body spraying each other's face and they capture the flag sequence. <laughs> axe up, bitch. I'm divergent. Her hair is bigger than ever when she does her, like, quasi-walk of shame. 
back to the, she's uh, aroused yeah i know it's uh it's unsettled but like no one's like hey where have you been you know she's like oh just sleeping in four's bed i would have written i mean like if i was script doctoring this i would have written the scene where like uh season one page haircuts like hey where have you been never mind i don't give a fuck (laughs) (laughs) yeah so uh al it's al i think is like oh sorry i tried to kill you seriously it won't happen again and she's just like, I will kill you. I, I would have sold it a little better. I mean, I've seen Big Little Lies. I know Shailene can get like scary. So like get scary on this motherfucker. Well, you know, I liked her in the descendants. I don't want to just make it sound like I'm I'm bagging on Shailene here. I just don't think this is the role for her. No. Like or 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 either that or the way they're having her play it is like not it's like they're trying to make her a cipher when mm-hmm. th- that is not the character you need to support the idea of being divergent, you know? Mm-hmm. Also this dude who like, he, he goes and kills himself. They pull his body out. I love with the fucking rope. I love that. Um, they just like, you know, arm over arm, like pull him up. He does. He's got like some blood on his forehead. He does not look like he just like did a header, you know, 50, hundred feet down into the rocks. Like he, they right. should be covered in blood. Well, also his skin should be a loose duffel bag oh, yeah. full of like clanking. That is bones. a water balloon that broke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They should be pulling him up in like six buckets. And then people should slip in those buckets. I want to see anyway, so, buckets, you know, one on each side of a pole, like being yeah. carried on your shoulder. Yeah. Oh, when you have the crazy fuck tomb orgy that is every single night at Dauntless, I want to see those buckets spill like it's the end of goddamn Carrie. <laughs> um, yeah. More blood, more weirdness. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, this dude's name is four because he has four fears. We which get is to see so those dumb four because... fears. He's afraid of heights. He's claustrophobic. He's uh, he also fears uh, murdering an innocent person. That's a common fear. Um, and then he's afraid of his dad. Yeah, four fears. That's Afraid of name. Ray Winstone. So am I for. That, that's fair. But by this by this criterion, my name would be like easily 2000. Um, so so, so he, your, your little test here would be like a dentist chair or something, right? Amongst other things, yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah. Ooh. I think mine would just be me sitting at a computer taking the divergent personality test and getting like amity. And I'd just be like, no. Oh, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. I can we make that short film with you with your super clackety keyboard? <laughs> chunk, 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 chunk. <laughs> How did I describe it? Like, uh, put some dice in a cup and shake it around. That's mm-hmm. you googling. <laughs> anyway, so um, let me let air me, motion let me, of hand hand job. He's he's no. Let me divergent. let me drop this line on you here. This is from four. He says, fear doesn't shut you down. It wakes you up. Not supported in the text for. No, no. She is Which, sleepwalking through this whole movie. Is that some kind of like, uh, like NLP, like uh, seduction community line? <laughs> hey, honey, I've been watching you from across the room. I noticed fear doesn't shut you down. Well, he takes his up. shirt off and she gets to rub his back and see his diversion tattoo and all that. And they make out for like two seconds. And she's just like, no. Not yet. And he's just like, okay. And that's pretty much it. No, they don't. Okay. But 
Come on. Anyway, so no, he, he, he says he, before that. She takes the bed and he takes the floor again. Oh, Jesus. Um, but he says, I don't want to be just one thing. I want to be brave and selfless and brave. Did I have that twice? Whatever. And honest and kind. Though I'm still working on kind. Eh. <laughs> it's a weird moment to decide to kiss. Okay, so I guess my point is she wakes up with like the sun glowing and her again hair that is so big it takes up the whole bed now no here, here's my thing they didn't fuck because it's like a plot point later that one of her fears and this is just completely unexplored one of her fears is getting raped by this guy oh that's right yeah 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 I'm and they, they've done nothing to like build that up or really earn that in any way um it's it's like way too unserious for like a a serious fear like it's and it really stands mm. out when you watch the movie but yeah so it's like they've they've just made out a little and then she went to bed i'm not it. i'm not because she's young so i'm not saying she's a prude or anything but in general in this particular faction i feel like the puritanical lifestyle is a sure sign that you're not truly dauntless like to fit in i would be like Fucking for the next three days straight while bungee jumping. I would be sexual spelunking all over this nightmare. Maybe that's just me. Mm. Mm. It's just where I go to relax. Um. Anyway, so. Well, she, for... goes, and, she goes to do her big test, which for some reason is in, in front of everyone, including the leader of Erudite for some reason or other. It's not really clear why Kate Winslet's there to watch this. Well, who the fuck are all these people and why do you need 7,000 vertical monitors in a circle around this chair it's are they doing this for everyone it well, kind of seems like the only reason this is happening is because you're divergent and we think you might be you know which um, would have been smart if like they knew it all along and they're just yeah. fucking with her but uh unrelated how would you have thought about shailene in this part of her career playing like a young rogue in a totally different x-men franchise uh nah okay um so yeah, how weird is it that everyone is watching this? The monitor. Well, everyone's watching like her weird fantasy, where like it starts out like she's making out with four, who's like this mm-hmm. like known like people know who four is, you know, and then like four almost tries right to there. rape her. Yeah, that's awkward. That's a little awkward. No, but no, it doesn't phase anyone. Not yeah. at all. You can barely see what's going on in her like nightmarish hellscape in these monitors part of being dauntless um, is like being willing to execute someone i'm not sure what that has to do with bravery but it's like oh you're willing to shoot your own family i guess you are dauntless but like i get it's a movie so all of the fears have to be life and death and, and which is cool but shouldn't one or two of those fears be like oh no i've got clowns. a big job interview coming up and i've got a case of the red hot shits also clowns and dentists or like and, showing and up naked to give a I speech, or yeah, yeah, yeah. No one gives speeches, <laughs> Dauntless. No, that's why. That's why they joined. Anyway, um, then it's like, oh, it's time for this movie to have a plot because it's an hour and forty minutes into it. So it's the like nightmare scenario would just be her waking up and he's like, "Congrats, no one knows you're divergent." <laughs> then she went seriously. <laughs> Yeah, her worst fear is people finding out she's divergent. Oops, everyone was watching that. Um, so there's like this weird, they get all to get injected with some drug. It's like it's like a brainwashing drug or something. It doesn't make any sense. And then when she wakes up the next morning, Zoe Kravitz is all like pod person. Everyone's acting weird and slowly getting dressed. So she has to play along. 
And another divergent guy is like wandering around going like, hey, what's going on, guys? What are you doing? And they okay. just like shoot him in the head. This, this guy is a dumbass. Yeah. I would not put yeah, too much is. faith in being divergent if this is your like brethren. He also has this like, like crazy this... forehead tattoo. Yeah, but like I, how the fuck is he hitting it mm-hmm. <laughs> for so long? This is the kind of guy that gets the super obvious divergent tattoo on his forehead. Well, this movie is like there's a lot of like executions and shooting people in the head and but like no like blood at guns. all. Yeah, it's all these like yeah. sci-fi guns and he, it like, all cuts away right beforehand so you never see it. Are there are they bullets or what? Are they the darts again? On the train, you know, I just noticed being... this. The train is stopped. They're actually just getting on normally. How, that's not very oh, dauntless. I would have loved to see a bunch of like invasion of the body snatcher, like pod people trying to run over a train. Would have been rad. So they're on the train. Um, I hate to say this might be like one of the few effective things for me when the two of them have to like pretend to be like brain dead and like they're trying to like hold fingers or whatever. Yeah, Um, I feel like he's like drooling a little bit. I think, but she passes. I feel like I've seen it done better elsewhere, but sure, yeah. Yeah, she passes this dude with like a ball head and like forehead too and crazy piercings. And it's like, yeah, he was going to end up in Dauntless. That guy wasn't heading to Erudite or Candor. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so they just go into town to like round up all the abnegation. Like, it, are they just going to murder them all? It seems like like it, it's like, why didn't they just take out the leadership and like declare themselves in charge? Like there doesn't seem to be a reason for this like essential like ethnic cleansing thing that they're about to do right right um like, there's like bosnian war crime there's yeah. like we also, don't need do any need... social workers in our society anymore do you, i mean why don't you kill the homeless first anyway do they need a zombie army army takedown abnegation like i feel like the it, common cold could wipe these quakers out i feel like they could have just sent jay courtney and like a few of his hoodlums like who's yeah. gonna stop him it's not like abnegation yeah. has like a military or weapons or anything yeah, but yeah, for some reason it, it's like they're trafficking in these like kind of like fascist tropes here, but it doesn't make any sense. We don't really know what the conflict is about, other than that like erudite's evil and they want to take over, and like Dauntless is helping them. How far did you get in the one hundred? Uh, not very far, like mid second season. Okay, so Peace like on that. This whole thing here where like some people show up and they like, you know, take out the brainwashing and they just like murder a bunch of innocent folks like Bellamy does that at one point. And then everyone still is like bending over backwards to like redeem this stupid fucker. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so why isn't four? Why didn't they try to bring four in on the evil plan? Does Eric just know that he's too good? I I don't know. Like he was intelligent, but like for whatever reason, he didn't get included. Like they it doesn't make sense because it's like he seems too important not to be included unless you suspect him. But then if you do suspect him, then why haven't you just like murdered him yet? You know, but no, no, they're completely blown away by the revelation that these two are divergent. Yeah. I mean, one point Kate when it's like, I did not see that coming. Um, so they eventually so have- get caught. Yeah. Yeah, they escape hand job motion in the air. Not enough like movies have these like mother daughter shootouts of silly sci fi guns in the streets of dystopias anymore. Tris basically, I feel like she's responsible for her mom getting shot. She's just like standing around forever, like thinking about whether or not to shoot this Will guy. Which, not even decision. Shoot him. Shoot him dead. Well, like 
they take her like at one point they were going to take four with them to experiment on, but like Shailene was injured. And so it's like, Oh, just go execute her. And they just like walk around behind one of these houses. And it just, it just doesn't feel like there's ever any possibility they're going to execute her. Like it mm. doesn't seem like they're even trying to make you think that it's going to happen. Like it, it, this should be a more emotional moment than it is. She just kind of like stares at her reflection in a puddle and is like, well, Oh, well, <laughs> Because she's she's mesmerized. Every time she knows she's the surface. She knows she's the hero, and this is she's like she's gonna die. She's like shit. My hair looks great. I can't die now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Ashley Judd looks more like she knows how to handle a weapon than Shailene does, even though Shailene's in Dallas. Well, they keep hinting at like there's a backstory with with Ashley Judd being former Dauntless or something. Like, how would you not never know that? Out. How would how would your daughter not know what faction you used to be in? Right. Like th- that never came up ever. Well, I, I can only assume and I hate to do the work of the movie that the whole point of her not telling her daughter is because maybe she knows that her daughter idolizes those yahoos for no good damn reason and doesn't want to like encourage her to go join them. But like th- there's one of five possibilities for what faction your mom came from. There's there's no way you're going to make it to 16 years old or whatever the age they are. And then they have to go choose for themselves. And it, like you never got the answer out of your mom as to what faction she was from. Yeah, you never asked. Like well, you the never mom, thought mom to probably ask. Probably like it doesn't matter. I chose to be a dumb social worker and the <laughs> faction before blood. Yeah. Anyway, mom gets shot, dies immediately. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Um. So they 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 have to do like a siege on erudite. Uh, well, somehow she there. gets away from like you know a thousand dauntless people patrolling for her and just like goes into some warehouse and there's like all the abnegation leadership just chilling along with like air, like her brothers there for some goddamn reason. What are you doing here? Baby driver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, not being on solo. That's what he's doing. She's um, like, yeah. Mom's dead. <laughs> Is that dip? Um, was that your face? Anyway, so, they have to go. They have Miles Teller hostage or something. They're going to go break an erudite. Well, they don't. Um, they don't have him hostage yet. But there, she's like, we have to get into erudite to like stop their brain control, whatever, whatever. Or not erudite. Um, they go. They go to Dauntless first. They have to get. They have to get into Dauntless. And so she's like, oh, I can help you out there. I know the secret way into their lair. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's like. It's like, oh, so they have to do the jump off the train, too, and they have to jump down the hole. But, like, I feel like after you've been in gunfights and, like, some of your, like, compadres have probably been killed and executed, mm-hmm. like, your adrenaline is so pumped right now that, like, jumping off a train and then jumping onto your net, it's probably not that big of a deal, you know? Like, you're you're in, like, fight or flight mode already at this point. You're not like, whoa, scary Dauntless initiation. Real character development would be her using her brain and her tactical know-how to be like, I know exactly the building by which we usually jump off a train and then jump off of the roof and the blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And I figure we'll just go in at street level. That's cool for everyone. Is, is that the, cool for everyone? The, okay. The, the train, the train's just running the whole time, like on a loop or something. Which, which actually makes me have less respect for Dauntless that the trains are just running constantly and they're just jumping on and jumping off as they please. I really wanted to think that it was a choice by which they just like, we don't believe in brakes. No, 
No, they're just freeloading on on a public transit system that I'm shocked is still working and sucking power from the grid. Yeah. And uh, then we get to the hilarious moment where the dad is just like, it, she she has some line like, every second we waste is another potential abnegation dead or something like that. And so the dad's just like, every second, right? And he just like takes a gun and like walks out shooting at people and immediately gets blown away himself and he's just dead. It's hilarious. And it's just like, well, there goes both your parents. It's like it would have been inconvenient to have the one hanging around after the mom died. Like we never cared much about you anyways, dad. So you can shuffle off as well. I, I'd, I'd love in a perfect world to say that they were purposely like doing reversal of tropes here. But I think it's just bad screenwriting. It's like they just had I to get rid whole, of him. Yeah. Um, so yada, yada, yada. They eventually get into erudite with Miles Teller. They free four from the mind thing. He like beats the fuck out of Shailene until she like, you know, puts a gun to her own head. And then like he's broken by his like intense desire to watch her not like suicide herself. He, um, he, he could, was only ever able to like execute an innocent person if he looked away and she won't let him do that. And it like breaks his brain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they start, like, erudite people start attacking Four and Shailene, which I thought, okay, if they can do martial arts or physical combat, what do you need Dauntless for? Exactly. Um, they have guns up until the point where Four runs out of bullets. Then none of them have guns anymore. It's a whole lot of fisticuffs. Yeah, even though they all had guns. Um, yeah. So well, they're like, the whole time, like, there's this shot where, like, Kate Winslet turns around like, Wait, what's going on over there? <laughs> I just did like my like 20th different villain monologue where I turn around and expect you to die. And oh no, you got away again. I keep starting the same thesis about total tyranny. There's no one behind me. I feel like a real idiot. Um, well, they're so, so like, oh, let's let's all watch and see if four is going to kill her or not. This will be interesting. Like we yeah. won't be ready to shoot both of them as well. No. <laughs> so LOL when Shailene throws the knife in the Kate Winslet's hand. It's her one skill. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so they escape. They just well, they, turn off the they, machine. They use the brainwashing drug on Kate Winslet. And like somehow part of this brainwashing is you just like tap some some little points on her brain on a touchpad and then she does mm-hmm. whatever you want her to. Sure, that's yeah. how it works. Yeah. So they get her to turn off the machine. They jump onto a train. They go off they, to District 13. And they just leave. I don't understand why they leave at this point. Oh, the the narration, the metaphor at the end is that we're going to ride the train to the end of the line and then jump. Yay. You just stopped like a hostile fascist takeover. And now you're just like, all right, later. The movie's I not guess you guys can try enough. again. The movie's not bad enough to be like super fun, but it is fun and it is bad. Mm-hmm. There's a man. I really wish he'd like. There's a shot of Ray Winstone like running and panting. It's yes, like, yes. Are jowls, you trying to get on the train? Jowls are flying. He's reaching out his hand. If he had just been like, like pushed him or something, you know, it, it might hilarious. Of my favorite gift slash moment from The Simpsons that I can actually remember, which when um, I think it's Marvin is like running to catch up with something, and he's like, "Don't make me run! I have a belly full of chocolate." That's what Ray Winstone <laughs> looks like. <laughs> Four has one last hilarious line at the end where he's, he essentially says, like, your parents loved you, and the best way for them to show you was fucking dying immediately. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then, she she reminds us and she reflects on the fact that she is now a fucking orphan against her boyfriend's chest. And he's like, don't worry. I know who you are. 
I, uh, I'm not going to like physically harm you, but I'm going to give you as about as much as affection as a Fifty Shades of Grey movie or less. And then it's like I buys her shit. Then they're they're heading outside the wall to the the big scary place that they had like maybe one line of dialogue or there to suggest that like ooh something scary might be out there, but it just the I don't know it, it kind of feels like they they ran out of all the interesting plot by the end of this movie and yet there are like three more movies. Like why doesn't there... this seems like like you won already and then you're like no we're gonna run away because we gotta have more movies. I believe that there are three books. Which yeah. they were going to turn into four movies, and then there's like a either a short story or a novella or something that's just called. Are you ready for it? Mm-hmm. Four. Um, I was not ready for that. No, you were not. And then I think the author of Veronica Roth has like a new book that came out last year. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, yeah. All right. Anyway, this is just this is clearly just like a cash grab. Of of trying to ride the wave of like dumb, stupid YA stuff that's that's made semi-successful like film franchises. It's just a bummer to me that like it could have been better. Like you could have had fun with this. You could have axed up. <laughs> anyway, if you could make one change just, in this movie. Synchronized, like if Mackay Pfeiffer's giving like a weird evil patent speech to the zombie army, and he's like, All right, everyone, before we go out there. Acts up and like synchronize, they all like lift an arm and start mm-hmm. spraying shit for way too long. Um, yeah, make one change. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. I don't think this movie. I don't think this movie should be for teens, or at least not like at a PG. I'm assuming PG thirteen rating. I'd go a little more hardcore. I would really. You have such a vanilla Quaker main character. I would take her into the fucking dark side of the world a little bit. Um, maybe she doesn't have to participate, but show her like how weird Dauntless is. And I don't know. I just, and same time, this movie, this two hour and 75 minute movie feels like it should be like the first half an hour of a different movie. It's a lot. I, I would just do re- page one rewrite. That'd be my make one change. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah, if I were willing to change one thing, I guess I would say it needs a more clearly defined conflict between the factions that would realistically result in a civil war. Like, no brainwashing, no, like, vague mentions of, like, food hoarding. Like, there needs to be this really clear ideological, like, unsolvable conflict where you can understand why this conflict is happening and and maybe even understand why you would take one side or the other, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, um and and if i remember correctly don't they like vanquish the kate winslet of it all like in the second she, movie she gets iced in the second one i believe by naomi watts yeah and then they're like the, that movie ends with like a dun 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 naomi watts started someone four's mom four's mom yeah, yeah, yeah mom. maybe she's like well you weren't my first three children <laughs> um yeah, like it's like it ends with like Caitlin's getting iced out, Naomi Watts is in there somehow. Um, and then it's just like dun dun dun, we're just getting started. And it's like I remember walking out of that movie thinking, like, what the fuck do I need another movie for? I even this movie, what do you need another movie for? It feels like you covered all the bases. Like society's already been torn apart by what just happened here. Like, what's the whole point of factions anymore? Yeah. Yeah, I mean there better be fucking dragons out there beyond yeah. the book. All right, power rankings. 
Oh, geez. Um, you go first. Uh, number 10, I have Tori, a.k.a. Maggie Q. I had to put the actors next to all my power rankings because these names are all fucking boring as hell. Okay. Oh, yeah. Tori. Uh, Remember Tori. I have Will slash Al, that meatless sandwich combo. Will's the one she shoots. I know. I remember okay. that because she, she fucking kills that one. guy and feels bad uh, for two seconds. Al's the one who dies and becomes just like a uh, Ziploc bag mm-hmm. when he's done. Okay. Number nine, I have Marcus Ray Stevenson. That's okay. Four's dad. Wasn't he Punisher number three? It was number two. Well, yeah, I guess three if you're counting Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, Dolph Lundgren, Thomas Jane, Ray Winstone, and then the fucking Shane from The Walking Dead guy. No, not Ray Winstone, yeah. Ray Stevenson. Ray Stevenson, yeah. yeah. Oh, Ray Winstone would be fascinating. Mm-hmm. All right, you motherfuckers. <laughs> Call me a um, four. <laughs> I really need to see that that war journal. Is it War Journal? Right? That's the movie know. with uh, the Lexi Alexander movie where there's like the parkour bad guys and McNulty's the villain. War Zone. Punisher War Zone. War Zone, okay. Sorry, War Journal was was like a long-running Punisher comic. Anyway, um, Punisher's a stupid character. My number nine is Mackay Pfeiffer. I was like, half of his screen time, I'm like, the fuck? Is that Mackay Pfeiffer? He's such so, a nothing character in this movie. I think he's in the second one, but I don't really know. Yeah. And I've seen the movie. All right, I'm just going to say the name here, and I want you to like try to guess or let me know if you know who this actually is. Number eight, I have Shit. Caleb. Is that the brother? Yes. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. That's Baby okay. Driver. Yeah. Number eight, I have Shailene's dad and her brother, Snooze. Wow. Together. Yeah. I just, I just mashed them together because they're so boring and stupid. Number seven, I have Natalie. Who's Natalie? Who the fuck is Natalie? Hmm. Is Natalie the girl with the season one page haircut? No, Natalie is Ashley Judd. Oh, she has a name? Yeah, aside from just mom. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, my number seven. <laughs> By the is... way, the, the way you just said that, it's like Jai Courtney's one funny moment in this movie is when he like kind of gets like burned and it, like four throws something in his face and he just like pauses and he goes, okay. All right. <laughs> Uh, my number seven is uh, Sinna's daughter, Zoe Kravitz. Tell me Zoe Kravitz wouldn't have made a better Triss. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. I would believe that she's got the, the cool, collected confidence of somebody who's divergent. Well, and like, I know you haven't seen Big Little Lies. She is ripped. Like, she is like scarily toned in that yeah. movie. Like, she would fit in at Dauntless with that physique. Yeah. Uh, where are we? Number six. Mm-hmm. I have Eric. Okay. Well, our, Jay Courtney. Our rankings, are, our rankings are very different. Do you have Eric at number one? Um, that's insane. Um, number six, I have Maggie Q, who I guess I always like Maggie Q. Um, I can only think of like this and one other movie that I actually know her from and then like a TV show that I never watched. Mission Impossible 3. Um, yeah. I can honestly not remember again if she's in the sequel or not. Um, I guess she was like a fine and welcome sight whenever it was one of her scenes. You know, somehow nothing means anything. Somehow I've 
seen both the sequel to this movie and the sequel to the maze runner the second one um (laughs) i fell asleep partly during both of them which never happens to me when i go to the movies but somehow it happened to me for these movies um and i have like no memory at all like i just remember them both being really blah they're both really blah i would argue as dumb as it is i think the sequel to the maze runner is probably if not a better movie but like a more has more memorable sequences in it at least Mm. yeah all right number five let's see if you know who this is janine Kate Winslet. Oh wow, you knew. Okay. Um, they say her name, I think, exactly once. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I have her too at number five. She's always welcome presence, although here it's pretty rote and boring. I'd say she's phoning it in, but honestly, I feel like her reading the phone book would be more dramatic than this script. Yeah. Number four, I have Peter. Who's Peter? Is that the dad? No, it's Miles Teller. See, these these names are so bad. They're so generic. Like, it's you can't even give your characters memorable names, like, except for like Tris and Four, you know? Well, like, his name is Miles. That's already an asshole name. Just let him mm-hmm. be Miles. True. Um, number four. Can you guess who I have? Uh, Eric. Oh, you put I have four? number four. You put four at four? <laughs> wow. Sure. that's how little i care for this um i find this dude i mean he's not bad the actor i other than downtown abbey i've seen him in exactly nothing else um he's not a terrible presence but he's i got think a bunch he's on the a, slate coming up does checks. he yeah he's got i think he's these movies and this kind of character is just like a dangerous reinforcement for a young woman and that one it's okay for these older guys to fixate on you and two be ultra cruel to you as long as three they can see you for who you're really underneath your really great hair and four they're surviving 50 shades of fucked up backstory i don't like this character in general but the actor is fine hmm. he's my number four my number three is tris and honestly, it's, yeah. it's mostly just because she's the lead character. She is pretty bland. Yeah. Um, my number three is also Tris. Um, Tris. I, that's the first time I've said Tris. Shailene. Yeah. She's good hair in the movie no matter what she does. She's supposed to be this amazing divergent person. And instead, she's just blah. Anyway, number two. I remember, I, was, I remember her being cast in this. And being excited because I thought she was like phenomenal in the Descendants. Yeah, she's really good in the Descendants. I mean, she the girl cries underwater and the scene hits you hard. Yeah. yeah. Number two, I have Christina, a.k.a. Zoe Kravitz. Oh, okay. Um, number two, I have Ashley Judd. Hmm, okay. I wonder who I guess because are. she's just pretty like kinetic. She's doing some stuff even like she's her and Kate Winslet. They both they're seasoned actors who believe the dumb shit they're saying. I yeah, almost they, fault them less because I figured they they're just paying for a they're paying for like a driveway remodel or something. At number one, I have four. Whoa, that is a divergent choice. I mean, it's not like he's great necessarily, but of the main characters, I feel like he's the most dynamic. Um, I don't know, like Tris was blah to me, so. Who does that leave? You know, right, right. Um, my number Careful. one is Eric. <laughs> I knew it. 
<laughs> Let me just say, Jai Courtney, this is this is a new low for headcanon. We've ranked Jai Courtney number one. Let me just say, he's like, okay, <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, Jai Courtney. I think the massive misstep in his career is that they ever cast him as protagonists, which have always failed. He should only play villains. He is memorable as the villain in Jack Reacher. Um, I just, I just can't believe that not only did we break our Jai free podcast role, but that now he's been ranked number one. Mm-hmm. And to that, I say, acts up. <laughs> Um, would you recommend this movie? This is a movie that that don't don't watch it by yourself because you you've got to be like shit talking it to your friends. Mm-hmm. You've got to. So, with those caveats, maybe just it's real dumb, but it's like cotton candy dumb is how I would describe it. Yeah, because it's 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 like it's cynically engineered to please you in like guilty pleasure ways, you know, it's like, it's designed to like just hit a bunch of tropes mm. and it's like, you, you don't know why you're enjoying it. Cause it's so stupid, but it's like, you just have like a Pavlovian reaction to them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's mostly made up of actors that you probably don't dislike and they're just cashing some paychecks Except for Jai Courtney. Yeah. And Miles, Te- Miles Teller. Mm-hmm. Oof, Miles Teller. I don't even really like, baby driver all that much oh he's like a nothing in this anyway yeah i mean he's a nothing in most movies mm-hmm. yeah um i mean baby driver is not the star of baby driver edgar wright's the star of baby driver <laughs> i just wish that movie and, and had john ham better music that's my hot take on that movie yeah i don't want to see edgar wright get um pigeonholed into this like cameron crow place where it's like we're supposed to, we're sold on like he's just got this excellent musical taste, and you go and listen to the movie, and the soundtracks are like, just like boring. Play, play a few fucking hits. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, like when Radar Love is like the the best one you have. I oh guess. Jesus Christ! Yeah. yeah, like why not Magic Carpet Ride? Can you not get the rights? <laughs> anyway, that was Divergent, an amazing film. Mm-hmm. Someday it needs to be remade. With a lot of axe, body spray, and Mountain Dew product placement. And I feel like they'd be wearing a lot of like Under Armour, like workout gear, you know? Yeah, yeah. And like one or two people would have like just crazy 80s mohawks. Well, and, like wouldn't your lawyer faction like literally have to be dressed like a bunch of like Ponzi lawyers? Like they're all like wearing, they have like pocket watches and like canes and shit, you know? And just, crazy fucking briefcases Mm -hmm. i mean i get the you're not going to go the full like capital slash like coruscant crazy fashion and stuff but like the movie does not present itself as like resources are as scarce as the narration says it just doesn't it's it's like what is the conflict i don't understand why you're about to like have like this crazy ethnic cleansing and everything seems pretty fine and they don't they don't I'm, sell you on that at all i'm kind of shocked that like when you show the shots of the homeless like warming their hands at the trash can fire that in the background you can't see them playing like cards against humanity or something a chicago favorite um yeah whatever i mean does it need to be chicago specifically is there a point to that 
Not really. I mean, it, I guess it's got a semi-recognizable skyline and it's got an L train with the, that they can climb up to. But other than that, yeah. <sighs> it suggested I mean, I that there's some dangers outside that they're guarding against, but we never see them. So, yeah. I mean, I don't think it really matters that I I can't fully place like the the geography of the Hunger Games, you know. I mean, wouldn't it make more sense if instead of being factionless, they like banished you? And so yes. like outside, yes, the, outside the walls are like crazy cannibals and uh, like catamites. Yes. Yes. And you're getting like fucked by rancors. While and it's like your you, head. You, you better hope that you don't get kicked out because, man, it sucks out there. So yeah. you better conform. Yeah. yeah. If you think that guy came out of that chasm in a couple bags, you don't even want to know how you're going to come back. And oh, shit. Third movie. Third movie twist. The people who got banished are the Axe Body Spray. Ooh, like Soylent Green? Yeah, Axe Up. Yeah. Isn't like Jeff Daniels in the third one or something? I think so. Yeah. I think so. Oh, man, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. He's just, damn girl, you are divergent as fuck. Yeah, it's it's a real movie. Oh, uh, what are we doing next week? Uh, I have a suggestion. This Uh-oh. is the, another terrible movie that I liked for some reason. Is this, is this a real divergent pick? I don't even know if I'd necessarily say I liked it, but like for some reason I want to talk about it. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you saw this movie or not. It's, uh, it's a film from the last year starring Emma Watson, John Boyega. The Circle? The Circle. Yeah, I started, I started to watch it on Amazon the other day. Oh, is um, it on Amazon? It That's convenient. Yeah, it's on like Amazon Prime. Is it really worth it? I mean, are we going to be able to talk about this? I feel like we could get some material out of it. It's got the fucker from Boyhood in there. He like drives off a cliff or something. Okay. Um, you know what? We'll do it. On the express promise that the universe will make me, that no negative headlines will come out about Tom Hanks. <laughs> how do you, make, how do you make a movie universe? with... Emma Watson and John Boyega and Tom Hanks and have it just be a complete dud. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I found that movie fascinating. Terrible, but fascinating. Okay. Uh, so hopefully we'll get some good conversation out of that. Yeah, terrible, but fascinating. That is exactly our wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. All right. Nope. Well, until then. Later. Next up. <laughs> <laughs>